Hello and welcome to Ramjack and the Saturn Soldier Space Treaty. Hi guys, I am Alex and joining me today in the Ramjack Studio A is my co-host Brad. Hey there. Put him up. Yay! Put him up in the air. Hey, we're heroes. We're doing it. We're, we're heroes. Doing the podcast. We're heroes. Yay! We are a true definition of a hero. Yes! Right now. Yes! Guys, Brad and I are throwing our arms up in champion's pose, or victor's pose. Woo! Yeah, um, we'll just go off in some science facts immediately. Whoa! Studies were done. The victory pose and our champion's pose is the same thing you see Olympians throw up when they cross the finish line, or... Just throw your hands up in the air. Fists! Fish. Hands up over your head like you're triumphant. I'm winning. Studies show I'm a hero. This is a uh, a physical thing that we do across cultures, mm-hmm. across time. Acro- oh, um, time travelers. Yeah, time travelers do this. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it actually helps if you do it before you go into any type of competition or anything. Right. And it physically will do something. I. I this I don't know particularly because I didn't finish reading all of it, but um, it's supposed to do something physically and chemically to your body to get you primed yeah. for confidence, for podcasting, for, podcasting mm-hmm. for anything you need to do. Guys, so when you wake up in the morning, throw those hands throw up in the air. Up, throw them up. When you go to bed, think about someone else for a change. But also Try. throw those hands Try. up in the air and, throw them up. and get ready yes. for sleep. Anytime you want to do something, if you want to go in as confident as possible, throw them up. We're going to win this podcast. We're winning this podcast. We today, won it. Guys. We already won. Not just for ourselves, but for our listening audience. Your ears just won. Your ears are about but, to win. But hey, Alex, what if that's not enough to kickstart your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this, guys. Listen to this. Oh, what's nice. that? Nice. What I have that? in front of me, I couldn't help myself, Brad. I was oh. at a Target and saw these on sale. Uh-oh. I don't know why I was on sale. God, can you smell that already? I can. Energizing orange citrus with just the right amount of kick. What? I'm talking about Mountain Dew Kickstarts. You mean Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew. It's 5% juice, caffeine's infused. I love it. This is one of Mountain Dew's uh, breakfast drinks. Wow. Now, Brad and I are in the middle of the afternoon. Right. But we are about to partake in this, just to give you guys an idea. Okay, nowhere near as carbonated as I thought it was going to be. All right. It's not right. sizzling as, like, a Coke or anything would. There we go. All right. All right, friend. We also have the other one, which I think is either strawberry or punch, fruit punch related. Cheers. Cheers. This is, okay, first thing in the morning, this is what you're having. Hmm. It tastes like kind of flat orange soda. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, it, it, it kind of tastes like tang, but without any tartness. Yeah. I wonder if that's why it was on sale, because this tastes flat. I didn't open this. I mean, you heard me open it it's on not air. Flat. That's. I think this is just the way it is. One can, 21 carbohydrates. For uh, 16 ounces, which is what you get in a can, that's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. Sure. It's better than juice, as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. And carbonated water is the first ingredient, followed closely by high fructose corn syrup. I think high fructose corn syrup was overlapping water when it's actually printed, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Any other thoughts, Brad? There's 5% juice in this. Is there? Because you sure can't tell. I wonder if it's like apple juice or something. No, concentrated orange juice. Oh, and white grape juice from Concentrate. I can mm-hmm. taste the grape. Yeah, you it's okay. It's, it's all right. It's it's not as it's not as gross as I imagined a Mountain Dew breakfast drink. True. You want some more of this, man? You want to sure. finish this off? It'll, it's enough to get us through the first half of the podcast. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Someone's Dude. spilling on the table. I'm just so excited. I got too much confidence, yeah. and I got too much caffeine in me right now. Oh, guys, we are set up for failure. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're so. It's just. All right, get him up really quick before 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 it goes away. All right. Yay! You may have to do it multiple times. Okay. They don't tell you that. Right. All right. I think. I just think. I think we've oh. built ourselves up to a point where we can really like. 
I mean, we are overconfident at the moment. I think I, we're, it's a little ballsy. Mm, I, I mean, we, we got some amazingly epic episodes oh, to talk guys. about today. Well, we, we like to talk about uh, Mr. Belvedere and Say by the Bell, the college years on the show. And back to form, we're going to be talking about those. Yes, we are. And man, I oh, mean, man, the Belvedere geez. episode in its own right is just insane. Uh, well, and some other things, some things happened on college years as well mm. were quite shocking. Mm. Mm. It's a good week for television. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great week for television in ah. 1987 and 1993, 94. Mm. So those were good weeks. <laughs> but the best week is right here, right now, because we're bringing them together! Victory! We're heroes! Yay! They will herald us as champions on the podcast. Brad, I feel like I need to ask you what's been going on before we really jump into like all the animal facts and all the science news and everything we got going on. You know, just getting by. <laughs> just, just getting by, having just fun. getting by, living the dream. Knocking down people that talk about crazy JFK conspiracies, because that apparently is still a thing. Hmm. Um, mainly because we're drinking Kickstarter right now. <laughs> it's Kickstart, not Kickstarter. Right. I think there would be copyright infringement or whatever mm-hmm. intellectual property stuff. Um, just to give people a uh, a tip at Starbucks, order for a change. Um, an Earl Grey. I don't remember what it, the actual thing is. What if you put milk into Earl Grey? What would that be? Or soy milk into Earl Grey? Is there a certain name for that other than just put milk in your tea? Uh, no, I think it's a tea with milk. It's a, uh, it's okay, a, just making that, sure. I, I think didn't there's know. like some term. Well, coffee, think. if you put milk in it, is a latte. So, I mean, there's a different name for it. Okay. Okay, but um, the girls at Starbucks, I rolled in, wasn't sure what I wanted. And it's like, well, you like tea, right? Get some Earl Grey with some, uh, we'll put some soy milk in it. It tastes like fruity pebbles. And don't compare novelty cereals to my, co- my tea drinks or I'm gonna, I'm, I'm I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. It tastes weird. It kind of tastes like Fruity Pebbles, and it's not bad, but I'm not a huge fan of Earl Grey. But I do like licorice flavor, and it tastes more licorice-y when you put the uh, soy milk in it. I recommend it. It was actually pretty good. All right. All right. Just throwing that out there. More Bev. More Uh, Bev suggestions. Well, we're talking about Kickstart. Um, Have you seen the Kickstarter for the, the robot bartender? I've heard of it, but I haven't looked at the actual Kickstarter page. It it seems somewhat impractical, let's be honest, mm. just because like I feel like there's a lot of tubes to clean at the end of the day. But it huh. like it, it, but it's pretty rad because it's just it's basically just a machine that's got all like the drinks in like it's got a program that like runs like on like an iPad or something that has like all the measurements and it's basically just like a system of tubes that pull the right amount of liquids and mix them into your drink so you can order mixed drinks and they're always you know perfect mixes. Hmm. It's kind of wacky. It's super expensive, but that would be a fun party to have a robot bartender. <laughs> you would set it up on a Roomba and just have it running around well, no, cleaning no, your floors. No, because no, it's huge. Like, it takes oh. up a lot of space. Because you have to have all the bottles there with, like, the hoses going to them. And then it goes up into the thing. It's See, It takes up some space. In my mind, I'm seeing the old-timey computers with these vacuum tubes now filled with alcohol and taking up a whole room in your apartment and yeah. your house. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. Also, imagine having a giant red eye, but a bow tie underneath the red eye. Like, it's just ready to serve. But the problem with a robot bartender, Brad, is that it can't give you a Advice. You can't chat up the bartender and be like, man, today's just been crazy. That's the kind of bartender or, I like. See, I could see that. See, I, this is my world. This is the world I want to live in. <laughs> Brad's future world of robotic bartenders. What else do you think should be roboticized, Brad? Everything. What other? So you don't want any people to get food service should all be automized, right? Yes. Automized. Yes. It should, it should all be like um, like automat style. <laughs> you click a thing and it comes down to shoot to you. <laughs> I want to see it like in a Rude Goldberg kind of machine. Like, I want to order a hamburger. I want it to make those sounds, too. Yeah. This is the robot bartender. Oh, well, that looks... It doesn't have a face or anything. No. I can't talk to that. I can't have... I, I don't know about this. It's pretty cool. It could help real bartenders do their job 
better because I can't tell you how many times I've been and heard other people because again I'm not a huge uh, fan of drinks but whenever I do get mixed drinks it seems skewed like some people put in a lot of alcohol some people don't yeah. a machine will always exactly. put in the right you're gonna, amount exactly you're gonna get proper pours thank you sir we're really excited to introduce you to Bartendo Bartendo is a fast portable precision hotel mixing robot Bartendo? Oh, I mean, it seems kind of. Un- you would have to have like the huge one. You'd have to have like the seven. Or, like, I could see novelty people loving the small one, like college kids getting together and really going for the bartender single, single, single. But then it's just pouring a shot. But true. But then you can do it from across the room. Like, hey, you want shots? Ziggy's got you hooked up, and it's like boom, boom. Yeah, but then like I feel like the I just assume like the cleaning and but stuff. But really, like, the and also to have uh, a fully functional bar, you would need like a full bartender. Right. right. Um, you need, well, you need at least. But yeah. Everyone has their favorites, so maybe you can get away with three. Of like, yeah, hey, three. I, I think you make my favorite three. drink. Yeah. Go for it, machine. I'm gonna go to the bathroom really quick. I'll be back. I'm gonna go get my laundry really quick. I'll be back and get a drink. What I like about this, can it, you do it from long distance and get it uh, like served as you're coming into your house from after work? People would love that that'd shit. That'd be awesome. Um, what if you write a bar, go to your favorite bar, dialed it into the bartender, the bartender has it right yeah, there on your favorite yeah. seat. Listen, what I, where I see this thing as being awesome is like like events, like like weddings yes. and things. Like instead of hiring a bartender, you just rent a bartender and the the booze, and then people can just mix their drinks. I think this is awesome, and I feel like yes. this is, I mean, this is a brilliant Cuts device. back on waste. Now, the question I have, is it bartendra or bartendro? Because I heard them say bartendro and bartendra. Yeah. I like bartendra more, because it, it puts a feminine edge to it, personally. It, well, oh, oh, it's bartendro. It's bartendro at the top. But they say bartendra, don't they? I like, think, I'm not crazy. I, I mean, I think, really, it's, I think you choose the gender yeah. of, your, of your bartender. It's gender specific. It's what you like. It's bartender. You like and a lady you robot making you drinks? That's one thing. You like a man robot making you drinks? That's another. What's what? What's what you want? Nice. I just think that's this is like one of the neater Kickstarters. I will say, um, I really love Kickstarter for this because a lot of people said Kickstarter is a fad. People, right. Kickstarter stupid. There's another thing that's very similar to Kickstarter that actually encompasses a, a broader range of things, which I heard was really popular. I can't remember the top of my head, but Kickstarter is mm-hmm. the one that's got media's attention. Right. But it's things like this that Kickstarter is perfect for, and it makes yeah. so much sense. A lot of people will throw things on Kickstarter that obviously are not going to succeed. I mean, come on. And people have like these weird, like, well, it'll be the best, and they don't follow through. But right. you have something like this. You have something like that 3D uh, pin that I think we talked about on a past episode. Mm-hmm. And of course it makes sense. I mean, this is what... I, I Why isn't this in the market? Yeah. I mean, these people are going to make hand over... These people are going to make so much money, Brad. They only need forty-five or 40000 more dollars. So, I yeah. mean... I mean... The, they have 22 days. They can do they have, it. Oh, they have 251 people backing this to the degree of $90,000. Like, that's... Ooh, that's a new... That's a lot of people throwing down some money, but, like, it makes all the sense. See, I, like, just, I just think... I, as a business, I think if you just, like, rented these things out, I think... And I think, it, clearly, they just need enough money to be able to, you know, mass-produce this stuff. And then, like, just as a business of just renting these out to events. Like, brilliant. Yeah. Agreed. They're going to make so much money. Good job, Bartendro or Bartendra. Yeah. Like, it's a novelty in itself that people will want to use. And then, like... You know how much I love novelty, Brad. Yeah, I want I this for my house. I don't, I don't even have mixed drinks. So I'm going to make my own soda machine. Seriously. Give me some vanilla Coke Zero. Boop, beep, boop, boop, beep. 
I saw one of those master mixer machines at a uh, in the suburbs when I was at one of the twelve hundred sub sandwich places. Right. Um, but I, if I can have that at home, hmm. Mm, and you can. How much has it, does it cost on there? Like, what backing do you have to get to get a bartendro? Um, okay, a thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars will get you the seven. Wow, seven different types of whoa. Yeah. How for, much just for, for seven hundred? You can get three. Okay. You might as well get this. You might as well get this. Well, I might, might as well go ahead and back up. Oh, I mean, that's only a few hundred more. Get seven. Like, it's a deal. Um, now for thirteen hundred, you can get the the seven um with everything. Nice. Like there's like there's different levels. Like this is... all open source too. All so right, right. It works two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. No. Fifteen starter kit. Two thousand three hundred dollars is the fifteen with all of it. <laughs> Everything you need. We should open a bar. We should open a Ramjack bar. We should w- welcome to the Ramjack bar. We'll be behind there recording a podcast twenty four seven. Right. With our guests, which will be the we'll, bar. We'll call people. ourselves the bartenders, but really we won't give any drinks. Oh no no no! We'll just let the robot do that. <laughs> we'll just take the money. What do you have? What are you having? Wow, this tastes great, and it tastes the same every time I come in. We look at each other and wink because bartenders uh-huh. like below. Oh, the, we keep it a secret. Bar. Yeah, it's a secret. Maybe we give it a voice. I want to get like an artificial intelligence. Oh, I think we just give it, like, a, a Ziggy voice. Yeah. It, it only talks in Ziggy, but we right. can kind of understand it, like, R- 3, 3PO and, like, RTD2. Yeah. You just hear... What's that? <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Bartendro, be quiet. Um, hey, Bartendro, um, I think I think this gentleman, uh, I think he needs uh, rum and coke. And there you are, oh, sir. There you go. Perfect. Just the way I order it every time. I love this. I love your podcast. I love this bar. Guys, I think you've arrived. Mm. That's why we need a bartender. All we need is $3,000. Guys, all right, new Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Fund the Ramjack. <laughs> Kickstarter to get a Kickstarter. <laughs> we need, we need, we need $5,000. Yes. Well, no, we, okay, we need $5,000 for the bartender and some for us. Okay. Um, we need money for we need money for the booze, and we need money to buy a bar. It. Okay, look, new Kickstarter. We need a hundred thousand dollars. Right. We got to get a property. Mm-hmm. We got to get all the licensing. We got to get a bartendro, maybe a backup bartendro. I mean, come okay. on, our bartendro. doesn't matter. Um, I don't know why I'm giving them, like, that's weird, but, um, so... Don't want to be sexist, though. Gotta have two, obviously. Yeah, obviously have to have two. Um, um we need to have nice seats. We gotta have a nice, like, we gotta, we gotta afford really nice aesthetic. Kickstarter, we need one million dollars. We need a million dollars to get a first-class bar. Right. Ramjack. Well, that's all it, we need. It'll be staffed by us and two robots. Yeah! I mean, I could do that for like a few yeah. months until I want to do something else. I can do that full time. I've got nothing else in my empty life. How many of you would... I mean, that would be a destination too. Yeah. People would fly in to wherever we're at. We'll just say... Well, the first one will be in Cincinnati. Sure. Because we're just here right, right now. Yeah. But I mean, with a million bucks, we might want to think about opening it up well, somewhere I mean, else. Well, I mean, this like shit's going like, to blow up. Like, where do we want it? Can it travel? These of things have to can. be installed. Put some wheels... Hey, here's Put some wheels on it. Put some wheels on I need... We're going mobile. What we're doing? Yeah, what we're gonna do that, guys? We're gonna bartender tricycle. <laughs> Two million dollars. We're selling booze on the streets. That's the extended goal. The cops can't stop us. Two million dollars gets you a mobile ramjack bartender. I'm not, distri- I'm not distributing booze on the streets. The robot is. <gasps> There's no rules against what robots can do in alcohol. Is, is there a law that says a robot can't sell you alcohol on the street? I don't think so. I, I see think... a lot of lawbreakers in here tonight. <laughs> Bartendro? <laughs> what are you doing? The cops are right here. Heroes! We're doing Yay! it! We're doing it! Yes! 
All it took Brad was putting her hands up in the air in the victory pose oh. and some fucking kickstart yes. to get us kickstarted on a, 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 a potentially five million dollar idea. Guys, all right, we're just gonna need you to start <laughs> pledging now. Um, if you pledge a million dollars, we will we will put your name on a bar stool. Yes, and we will give you a drink and a commemorative plaque <laughs> with a photo of us. And Bartendro and Bartendra. And maybe you if you come to the opening. And you, yeah. And we'll autograph it. Mm. The robots won't autograph it. They don't have... They don't have hands yet. We, well, it's going to take another couple million dollars to get yeah. signing tech for the robots. Okay. Eight million. Yes. Again, extended goal past the... Of course. Well, let's just say we can't do it without five million. Because five million I feel comfortable with. I'm really sure. conservative about like... A million? Uh, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get out the door with a million dollars. It's going to be hard. But eight... Okay, a quarter million, a quarter billion dollars. Quarter bill, quarter we'll bill, sh- two hundred fifty million dollars, guys. We're gonna, we, get a, we're gonna turn it into a plane. It'll try, or a boat. Dude, I don't know. What we're gonna, we'll have both. We'll have it to where it's a multifunction device. It can either um, international waters. Yes, anything goes. It can either go into the water. It can go into the air. Maybe space. I don't know. Who knows? But for a quarter million, I think we can make it happen. I think we can make it happen. Guys, guys, if you pledge, <laughs> if you pledge at the five million point, it's going to be amazing. Not only is your name on a bar stool, there's a signed photo with us, Bartender Bartendra, and you autographed, but also... Enter to win something, I'm assuming? You oh, get a you, chance to you, win? You get, a, you, get a, you get a ticket for the big raffle, which will, which I mean, there's lots of prizes, extra free drink tickets, um, a sweatshirt... Uh, <laughs> it's you, you, I, you know you're gonna want to get in on that. Wow, we're gonna change the world. We're gonna, we're gonna change, change the world, world of adult beverages. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna change. We're gonna change the world of partying. All right. Mm, I like that there's, idea. There's a new party scheme on the table, and we just created it. Why? Because we're heroes. I have never felt more happy in my life right now, Brad. Putting we, my hands up in the air in victory pose. This is the episode. Coming up with ideas. This is going to go down in history as the episode that we kickstarted it. <laughs> Please let Kickstarter have that be a, a thing where they say we kickstarted it. Donzo. This did is the it. epoch of a brand new generation of partying and Ramjacks on the ground floor. You could be two for $10 million or five, whatever you can contribute. Up, I mean, we again, we need a quarter of a billion dollars. So you're going to want to gonna start to check those couch cushions mm. or coins. You want to call up your, your wealthy elderly relatives that are not doing so hot. Make sure you call them when they get their social security checks, though. Yeah, yeah. That's when they're primed to give you right, much right, money. Right, before, right. you know, the television uh, telemarketers call them. Right, right. Just get that. Just get those dollars and send them our way. Yeah. And any bit helps. Any yes. bit helps. Any bit helps. You get a $100 donation, I guarantee a smile when you walk through that door. Absolutely. Hey, backer! Welcome to Bartindra Bartindro Ramjack Bar. We'll work on the title. We gotta, we gotta work on the name. Um, for, for, a, for a donation of $10, ten million, you can help us pick the name. Whoa. Oh. They can help. Uh, they can be at that table to pick the they name. They can be at the table. They can be a part of history for $10 million. Oh, my God. And we will have your photo taken at that historical table. With a Polaroid. You yeah. take it with you immediately. Right. We'll Instagram that shit. Wow. Guys. Wow. Guys. Cha- we're, changing the, we're changing the fucking game. It's changed. It's no longer the same game. 
everyone else that's playing, that's a different old game. They're playing last minute's game, oh. last week's game. What is it, Dr. Mario? What are you doing? <laughs> that's stupid. D dumb. That ain't Tetris. No. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Ugh. But the new game we're playing. New game. Whole new game. Whole new game. More exciting. Definitely. Better. And it only costs you a small fee. Small fee. Help our dreams come true. Help your dreams come true. Help Fuck our dreams. Help the world's dreams come true. Help the world by helping Ranjack make it a better place I want you playing new games. Here's what you do. You want you to reach deep down in your pocket. Uh-huh. Grab a, grab a fistful of dollars. Gra grab that Visa. Grab that American Express. Grab mm. that checkbook. And I want you to raise those hands up into the air. <laughs> and be a hero. Be a hero. We fucking did it. You can be a hero. I fucking did it. Yeah. So what's, wow. what, what else you got for us, Alex? Well, what's all right. Um, I, um... I have started a new job. We've talked about that on the show before. Mm -hmm. And it has been insane, Brad. I have gone to so many different meetings, so many odd conferences. Um, but this week I got off and I went to a, a huge creative summit in Cincinnati. Now it's based on one in Barcelona called Off Barcelona, mm -hmm. which is O-F-F-F. Um, Barcelona. I de definitely recommend you guys look this up. Um, it's a coalition of artists, mostly in the visual medias, but fucking amazing. So um, I went to the one in Cincinnati this week. Also, I went to a summit of all the people at Kroger, which contracts me presently, and we talked about app development and like the mobile market. And guys, I've come back with some fun facts from both of those meetings. Now, one nice. of those you already know. We put our hands in the air, and it helps us come up with wonderful yes. ideas, game changers. But, <sighs> dudes... There's some weird stuff going on. What is happening? Japan has got food stuff happening again. Oh, no. And it's not, it's, I'm not going to blame Japan so much, other than the fact that they, they encourage the novelty or the exploration of this food things. But McDonald's has done something in Japan, Brad. This week, McDonald's is now delivering. What? In Japan, McDonald's has delivery vans and or catering vans where they'll either drive around and, and give you McDonald's on the street if it's lunchtime. Like, oh, we're in your block. You don't have a McDonald's? Call us. We'll come to you. This is not just McDonald's. This is actually oh. a new advertising model that a lot of uh, smaller van-centric, um, someone might say shady, but I've been to some good ones. Um, rest food prepper or whatever. Food they trucks. Do food trucks. Yes, thank you, Brad. Um, they're a huge thing in big cities. Sure. But this is the first time that a major player, like McDonald's, mm -hmm. has decided to do this on a big scale. And they're starting it in Japan. Our kids having, our kids having French fry parties delivered to their home. Wherever the fuck they want it. Oh. Hey, we're at the library. Bring that French fry party. Here's your money. <laughs> Here's your change, because that's all it takes to get oh. copious amounts of fries. This is only going to escalate their problem with fry parties. Oh, I thought definitely. it was over. I thought the national global emergency of fry parties was done, Brad. God, would you just think about this? Think about some parents, some some loving parents that, that thought they've kept their child away from French fry parties. Uh, they come home from work. Their kid's a latchkey kid. Mm. Um, they go up to, to check on their kid, and the bedroom is filled with French fries. How did these get in the house? Who brought these? Who... How did this... They delivered them right to your home. Hmm. They see like a red ball on the floor, which is a clown nose. Who the fucking McDonald's? Because I imagine all the delivery folks look like the characters oh, from yeah. McDonald's. Like yeah, they're either yeah. Ronald or Grimace. Got it'd be them. funny to see. I would actually pay for a Grimace to bring me food because it'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what are you, Grimace? But whatever. You know, that's that's old news. That's before the new game. We're, that's how we're going to separate things, I think, from right. now on. Yeah. That was old game era, and this right. is new game era. Unless those french fries are be being delivered by robots, then I don't give a fuck. If I can't decide how like many... sounds like some bullshit. If I can't decide how many normal uh, potatoed french fries or sweet potato french fries are in my, uh, my french fry collection, why does it matter? Yeah. 
Um, I, I would uh, like if I can't order my French fries. what I was thinking in my mind. If I can't order these French fries uh, with an app and have them delivered unto unto me by a robot, then fuck this old timer shit. Hey, Grandpa, you have a you have an old fashioned French fry party. Oh, did a person bring you those fries? <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's cute. Probably getting salmonella off that because they're dirty hands. Oh. Hmm. I like this. I like robots giving us everything. Yes. That's what we need them to do. Yeah. Um, other international things I learned through my escapades this week. Um, Dutch women uh, buy more clothes online, or fashion clothes, um, on Sundays 4 to 6 than any other time during the week. By, like, a huge amount. Whoa. They also spend a lot more money. Why do you think that is, Brad? If anyone can answer this question, it's you. Um, well, let's see. They're like, well, they're worried because Monday's coming. Ugh, nobody likes Monday. No one likes Monday. You want to feel good in some new clothes. You want to, you, you know, you want to, you want to feel special. You want to feel exotic. You want to, you want to spend that money. Spend those dollars. They should be kickstarting, but no, they're buying fashions. Is that it? No. And it actually kind of bothers me that you don't know what it is. Because I think this would be a, like a layup, if you will, wink, for you to just know. I, I don't, I don't know. You should only want to take like another crack at bat at it, wink. Um, uh, let's see, Dutch women, Sunday afternoons. Um, why are they gonna, why are they, why are they buying them, spending so much money? Can't get to that goalpost, huh? Um, they did a lot of research because it confounded people. Mm. Like, the market research people were, wow, we don't understand this. Until they took it to the streets and found out for themselves. Four to six on Sundays, Brad, is when Europe, especially like the Dutch, play soccer. Ugh. Their men are watching soccer and these women are out shopping. That That is legitimately the reason. Like, that's not, like, any stereotype bullshit. That is what the market research does. They took it to the women, and they're like, I go shopping when my significant, my dude is watching sports. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. You, you know you know why that was so strange to me? Why I couldn't understand that is because, for me, sports are a 24-7 thing. See, this, you're I, you're watching those soccer games, like, or football, if you will. You're yeah. not even knowing that some broad's spending oh, your money. No, I'm like, oh, footy, 24-7. I know what's going on. I don't just, I can't just delegate to, like, one time a week when I watch the big game. I'm always taking in the info, you know, about all the roundabouts and points and scoring the the hoops and the all the all the games and the touchdowns and the baskets and all the all the birdies. Well said, Brad. Yeah. I, I'm just like this is also not only news to our our Dutch listeners who may be listening. Hey, why is my bank account smaller than I thought? And also, kind of weird. Where's my Where's that lady that I'm married to that yeah. we start? Uh, where is she? Why, well, why? I guess it shouldn't matter because I'm watching the game and I'm really uh. invested. Don't get too invested. Maybe take time to say hello to your lady. Thought that was kind of interesting. That sports actually sure. has a, a marked thing on buying. Um, well, if dudes are doing something lame, I guess ladies are gonna do something lame too by buying a bunch of clothes. Random cliches, cliches. Kind of a random market research. They noticed households that buy diapers also buy a lot of expensive razors. They, they, people who, there's an odd correlation between people buying diapers, meaning like first time parents or like parents, Mm -hmm. and them also spending a lot more money on shaving equipment. Not only the razors themselves, but also shaving cream. Now, Brad, I don't know, because this isn't sports related, I don't know if you would know the answer to this, but, um, but why do you speculate, or can you speculate, if you will, why this might be? We got a baby, so we got to shave more? Uh, we'll get, not the baby more, I hope. I don't, I don't know how that works. We got a baby, so now I got to shave more. I mean, you think that's parent jealousy? Like this smooth baby, my face ain't smooth. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't want to put maybe, thoughts maybe in your feel, head because like like a, maybe like a beard like that makes you feel older, and you see this young baby, you're like, oh god, look at this young thing, its whole life's ahead of it, and me, I'm dying. <laughs> maybe you want to get back to having that 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 
that that that young look. Hmm. You want to try try to recapture some of that lost youth that's being siphoned away by this little tiny monster. I can't help but think that your thoughts on this have been influenced by what's going to be. Well, we'll talk about Mr. Belvedere later, but mm. that's that's a really great idea. Um, also, my thoughts are influenced by the fact that I really need to buy a new razor because, like, I've been using the same dull razor for a really long time, and I can't get a proper shave anymore. Mm. That's unfortunate. There's got to be ways you can sharpen razor blades or something. I don't think we do that I, I anymore. Don't, I don't know if you I can. I think you just but... got to go buy crazy expensive razor blades now. And they're hard, hard to find. Like... They're hard to find in stock with all these new parents, new dads buying all these, them up. All these new dads buying them all up. After some actual taking it to the streets again, I don't know why marketers just don't do this. This perplexed both people at Pampers and Gillette, the actual name brands that these were um, associated with. Turns out, for some reason, and there is some science to back this up, it's part of the same reason why we think we evolved the ability to kiss. It's a transfer of chemicals and kind of like pheromones and stuff sure. like that. Um, and there's a lot of intimacy with the face. Yeah. Um, it's the same. A new fathers want to get close to their children. They want to have their face up against their child's face. Kind of weird. If I, I don't even understand how that works. Hey, baby, let me rub my face on you. Oh, hey, new baby. So, of course, baby's crying now because dad has a scruffy face. Oh. So, to, to combat that... Dad doesn't mind spending a lot more money on the best for his kids. Right. You want good diapers? Look, we're going to take care of your your waste product. I'm also going to take care of that face of yours. We're going to keep it smooth. Daddy's going to shave more. The best a man can get. Mm, exactly. Mm. The best a man and his child can get. Mm. And that's a smooth face on dad. As he cuddles his baby and puts his, his face against its face? That's Ugh. weird. I don't, I don't like that. I don't know about that at all. I don't know about that either. I thought that was more strange. But yeah. again, I mean, the numbers don't lie. The market research doesn't lie. What if it does? What if it did? Mm. Who can we trust in this wonderful... Who can, who can trust? we trust in the new game era? Only trust Ramjack, Bartendra, and Bartendra. That's all you Open, can trust. Opening at our new mobile locations <laughs> on a Zeppelin. <laughs> Please, let's do it on a Zeppelin. Again, if you just get us half a billion dollars, like, mm. that's... I mean, we will, we will have a bar on a Zeppelin. We'll come to you. God, I can't think of a, a better way we'll to take, like just yeah. expend life, dude. You know how we could we'll do like jet set trips, start in California, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go all we're gonna take this shit all the way to New oh, York City. It's gonna be the best. Come cruise with Ranjack. We're gonna record a podcast every day to New York City. We're going across the globe. Well, I mean, like initially we'll tour the states, right? And then we'll get people from there, and then we'll go across around the world in yeah. eighty days with Ramjack. Around the world in eighty days with Ramjack and a bunch of booze making robots. <laughs> what? 80 days, 80 podcasts, as much liquor as you can shove down that gullet of yours in the skies. Yeah. In our Sky Palace. We'll call it the Sky Palace. Ramjack Sky Palace. I love it. This is too good of an idea for it not to happen. Yeah. We gotta get that Kickstarter up we immediately. Up. We're gonna have to we're gonna get we're gonna get on that. Um, something else, this is kind of a random thing, because there's much more news to get to, and I, I don't want to take up too much time on the things I learned this week. Um, no one knows how to use a fucking microphone, dude. This is just kind of a general observance. Everyone, um, even the people on stage that were creative types at this off thing, didn't know how to use a microphone. It was, like, so far from their face or, like, down by their chest. I'm like, what are you doing? At the, at the fucking Kroger Summit, no one knew how to use a microphone. There was one guy who once had the microphone up to his face, and you could hear him. Everyone else, like, this far away from the thing, or, like, down here by their, by their, just, like, holding it. Like, it's like a, they were scared of it, or they didn't say, I couldn't bear here. Thank you, me. There was a time, though, when we had to get up on the mic. Um, the new people, like, they called us, they said, is so-and-so here? Is Alex here? Alex just joined us. Alex, tell us about yourself. And I showed him how to use a fucking it's mic. Like, hey, my name is Alex. And I know how to use a fucking microphone, bitches. What? Hey, guys, welcome to Ramjack. Wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> oh. Zinger. He's having a mic up in my face. Here, let me tell you what's up. 
had it. I, I, I would like to say I, I, I represented the podcast well. Nice. I represented Ramjack and our ability to actually bring quality, not only podcasting, but mic use right. um, to the masses. Guys, you don't realize this. Like, a lot of people worry about, oh, when I start my first podcast, what kind of microphone should I get? What should I talk about? It's not just about being entertaining. Not about the and, tools. And having the right tool. It's also knowing how to use the microphone. We spent a solid six months just practicing with microphones. Oh, yeah. We would go out in public just having right. microphones untethered. Yeah. Right. Um, just talking to each other. Right. And holding them correctly. Just you had to learn how to do it right. People thought we were weird. They didn't know we were pioneers. They no. didn't expect at that time that we'd be entering a new era years from then. Oh. They didn't know. They didn't know we were preparing for the new game. Those people are still drinking at their old bars. Oh. Gross. Hey, Larry, would you pour me a drink? Sure I will, Scott. Here, I think this is right. Give me money, please. Touch my dirty hands. No, get away. Prices also went up this week. Because alcohol's crazy and these are Fuck that shit. Yeah, bring a robot over here. Look, when you're in Sky Palace 1, mm. you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You get quality entertainment. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a show every day. Yes. Um, you get quality food. I'll say that. We're going to get the bartender food. We're going to get them working mm-hmm. on that tech. Yes. What kind of food do you want? Bartender will hook you up. Um, and you're gonna get quality service from two gentlemen who know how to entertain you, know how to hold microphones. Seriously? You're not gonna get, hey, hey, Sarah, your order's ready. Oh. No, we're gonna take it to your table. We yeah. don't need, we, we already, mics are old school. Oh. We're gonna take it to you on the Sky Palace. Guys! Hey. Really, really, just, just honestly, one billion dollars, that's all we need. That's all we need. A billion dollars to change the world. Is that so much to ask? Is that so much to ask, William Gates? No, that's not a question. That's a question that our listeners have to answer for themselves. The world has to answer for itself. Do they want? Do, are they serious about change? Are they serious about a new world era where bartenders roam the skies and bring peace and joy to every human being on the planet? Reach, I don't know if they're ready. Get that's, your, their, that's their. Get your goddamn hand in that pocket. Pull it out. Put it in the sky and be a hero. Victory pose, hero. Hero. You're a hero. Victory. I mean, we got the we got the flight path. We got li- literally. There's a flight path. All they have to do is say yes. We're just waiting. All they have to do is go to champion pose and say yes to their brand new future, Brad. I don't know. That's up to them. That's we can only go so far. We can only do so much. Guys, we got animal news for you. We got some animal facts. What are they up to? Got everything. Oh no. Um. So put on those science pass and listen up. Um. They did research. Plants are nefarious little things. Oh. We don't really pay much attention to plants because they're slow moving. They don't really, I mean, they don't change things up as much as right. things should probably yeah. change it up. I mean, it served them well because they're everywhere, but mm. I mean, who's chopping down the forests? The plants need to, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of insects. I mean, most people I think aren't. They're kind of weird. They're the worst. They're the worst. Brad, you hate wasps. That's one of your biggest fears. I, no one really likes something that can sting them and hurt them. It's not necessarily a fear. It's a... It's a well, it's a practical, I mean, it's like... A practic- it's, it's not an unnecessary fear. I'm quite allergic to yeah, their stings. It's a, it's a cautionary thing. I wouldn't go as far as to say you're, like, terrified of them. Um, but plants know how to really work insects games, and that's through addiction. There is a research that shows that plants will purposefully... We already know that they take in stuff like, naturally, tobacco, mm-hmm. or, or not tobacco, nicotine, um, caffeine, just from their environment, and they'll store it in their um, like stems and their leaves so that if something eats them, it'll have a bitter taste, first off, and that they won't want to eat it again. So that, that's kinda, that one plant takes it for the team, and the, all the rest of the plants are like, thank you, but we still harbor these things in us. Well, they not only use it for a deterrent for like consumption, but they start putting it into their pollen. If it's a flowering plant, 
And it gets those insects addicted to coming back to the plant. Whoa. Yeah. They did a study on uh, honeybees. Um, and yeah, it turns out that's true. Like, they did research to make sure, like, well, this is weird that we're seeing this. Could it be they're gaming the honeybees? So we got a bunch of addict little honeybees running around. Yeah. Basically, Better- if you see a honeybee... Ask them if they're okay, and maybe tell them, thank you for pollinating, but maybe hold off on all that pollen, guys. Well, what they don't know is the fact that the plants are pushers. Exactly. Dare to keep a, dare to keep a kid off drugs, Alex? Dare to keep a kid off drugs? Dare to keep the bees off drugs? Now, we know that the bees have had a hard time in the last couple of, in the last half decade. The bees have had a rough, I think Ramjack Project Species of the Month should be the, the honeybee. Wow. Okay, I'm down with that. Because, like, they've, they've been beaten down. By life, and now we find out they're being force-fed drugs by plant pushers. I don't remember what the syndrome's called or why they're calling it that, but the, where the mass like colonies are just dying out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we've done research and found out that the other pollinators um, help honeybees a lot more than we thought. We've been putting so much pressure on honeybees um, because they're like having so much problems. Right. Um, there's actually a problem with us trying to overuse them now and pushing them beyond their capabilities. Like that's that's another article. So that there's I a lot. Of, so about that. so we're putting a lot of pressure on them, a lot of stress. We're driving them to the fucking plants to oh get them addicted. Oh god, we're 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 the ones making them addicts. Yeah, it's us. Dare to keep up, be off drugs. I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make a sign. Because you know how I love signs. You love signs. And put it right below that dare sign Uh up in the fucking suburbs. Dare to keep it. This is a dare-free zone. And I'm going to make a sign not just for kids, but also for our bees. I'm going to get... We're going to need national awareness on this. I'm going to get a Teddy Ruxpin now. I'm going to make a tape. (laughs) Keep these bees off drugs. We need to do both. We need old school and new school tech. So thank you. I'm also going to call Peaches up. (laughs) We're going to need to extend a hand across the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to get law enforcement like, guys, look, I love your dare program, but there's also a bigger problem. Because I would guarantee you, I mean, there are studies, and it would surprise you just... There are more insects for mass on the planet than humans can ever, like, even... Like, it's astronomical. Like, insects are fucking everywhere. If they team up with the dolphins, it's over. It is. Oh, man, that would be, like, the worst. Don't even... Let's not even consider it. Let's be candid. But... Um, we're getting a zeppelin. We're gonna go to the skies, sky palaces. Hmm. Um, so just, just five billion dollars, <laughs> sky palace. Um, you can't hit me with it, like five billion with sky palace. I'm sorry, you detracted me for a little bit. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I would also like to welcome all the bees who want to come up and just chill out on the sky palace. Use it as a refuge. Mm-hmm. We'll have all the pollen you want without any of the extra drugs. We're gonna yeah. have nicotine and caffeine-free pollen for you. We're gonna have cl- bees. We're gonna have sweet, sweet, clean pollen. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna take to the skies and have our own flowers up there. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh fuck, that'd be great because then the plants will be in the skies, like helping take in more carbon and putting out more oxygen. Yes. We're gonna take it to the source. Yeah. We don't. Who cares about all the carbon dioxide in the air? We'll take it out with the plants. Yes. All the sky palaces. Yes. Sky palaces. I, Brad and I are already naturally taking our hands up to the victory pose. For, <laughs> by the way, guys, if you see us on the streets, two men with their hands up in their victory pose, first off, know that they're winning. Yes. That they're fucking changing the world. Yes. And that they almost. They might also be hosting. A wonderfully popular podcast. Yes. Where they like to just chat about things. Where, where we solve problems. Where we solve problems. Problem, motherfucking problem solvers. Up in this podcast. See, I was bringing the beefing awareness to everything, but we've already solved that. Yeah. We've solved that together. It's done. Next issue, please. <laughs> I will say that uh, something they did a study about, I, I want to say it was bee or it was wasp um, stings, like the, the mm-hmm. I guess the venom, we'll call it, that they inject into people. And they've used that uh, because there was in the news about their, them curing that, I think it was a girl or a child. Oh, there's a dog outside. Um, of AIDS. We, mm-hmm. We've seen this. Or HIV. Right. Um, 
Well, they've also done that again twofold. So AIDS, HIV, your days are numbered awesome. because they also came up with another kind of cure um, with that venom. Like they can tool it around uh, with some, I think, nanoparticles or something as like. Um, I guess, carriers of this venom. And it will target, and they can target not only HIV, but other things. Like, they think they might be able to cure uh, uncurable forms of hepatitis with it. Maybe even target cancer. Wow. So, there's something to say for that. Indeed. But bees, you know, just wait. Help is on the way. We're gonna turn a nation of addicts. Addicts, not only, like, humans, because we're helping them out, but we're gonna take all those insects that we love so much and maybe put too much pressure on, we're gonna help you. Yes. We're gonna help you get clean. And we don't need, like, a 10-step program with some kind of weird higher power Ugh. god bullshit. Fuck Lame. that. No. You can do it yourself. Yes. You can do it with help. Mm-hmm. Ramjack's on the way. Again, we bring these, we bring the solutions, Brad. Hey. The world has to say yes, mm-hmm. but do it for the bees. Do it for the bees! Do it for the future of agriculture on our planet. Do it for freedom. Do it for freedom. Do it because we're heroes. Heroes. I'm just enjoying this now. I'm just on a high. Yeah. There's another group of animals that may need help. Uh-oh. What's, what can we um, do for I don't really know if we can help them, but it's just, it's an interesting observation. Um, So they've done some studies on chimps, Brad. All right. One of our close relatives. You know, great. Probably mm-hmm. an ally against um, other types of creatures that won't be named presently because sure. of the pod-centric podcast that we enjoy and have fostered Ooh. for these years. Boy. Um. A doctoral student named Nicole Scott. Um, she is from the University of Minnesota. Went abroad, um, went across the, the pond, and she did studies in the Chester Zoo in Britain. Okay. Mighty Britannia. And she found out that the dynamics between male and female chips, or chimpanzees, is a little different than we may think. A lot of researchers have tended to focus on how aggressive the male chimpanzees are. Mm-hmm. Um, without really giving thought to the female chimpanzees, oddly enough. Just like, eh, we know that the men are really aggressive. They're just doing weird, I mean, chimpanzees are chimpanzees males. But right. the females, they started to do studies on those. And it turns out that the dynamics of their social engagements are surprising. But are they surprising? Um, female chimpanzees, when they interact with male chimpanzees, do a lot of gestures. Because they're like gesture-based like we are, um, right. as far as um, primates. They'll be very, um, I guess, flattering to male chimps. Okay. They'll be all very accommodating, very... Um, they'll purposefully uh, show weakness or perceived weakness um, to maybe influence the male chimps. Mm-hmm. And the male chimps are like, with whatever. They don't understand. They're like, cool, whatever. This is how female ch- chimps work. Because they found out that male chimps treat female and male chimps the same. Like, how they act around males is the same the way they act around females. There's no difference. Females flip that script. Female chimps are super nice to the male chimps, and they are fucking, like, crazily aggressive against the other females when other males aren't present. Oh, hmm, drums. Well, seriously. And they were like, the research, this Nicole Scott girl was a little bit like, wow, like, we never really, there's been, oddly, there hasn't been research on this. Um, and maybe because they started studying chimps in groups, but once you get these female chimps away from the male chimps, they just go crazy. Oh, man. What were you doing with that male chimp while ago? You know he's my alpha male. True housewives of Chimpanzee Island. We didn't know. Mmm. I really wonder if orangutans are like that, because then we could get a new series of orangutan island. No. Rise of the planet of the housewives of the planet of the apes. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of weird, but interesting. That I loathe bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Around their male chimp counterparts, they're like, Oh, sure, I'll eat a banana. It's cool. Banana, thank you so much for this. Thanks for the banana. I think that's such a treat. Get around with the females. I fucking hate bananas. And you get the fuck out of my face, bitch. You slut. 
Zero, you fucking slide. Oof. It gets catty up in those zoos. It's catty. It gets in the zoos. Now, my question, zoo drums. my question is, because we took them out of the jungles, is this something that's specific to the zoos? Mm. Is there a lot of pressure on these female chimps? I don't know. No, what's what's society telling these female chimps? Is are they reading a lot of a lot of Cosmo chimp magazines? It's being like how to keep the women away from your chimp man. Well, I don't know. Like, where are they getting this from? <laughs> Is it from watching TV? Now that's a big question, and I think we know the answer to this, Brad, because it's the same. It's the same thing that I. Well, dolphins existed as dolphins well before humans ever. It doesn't matter. I think they're learning it from us. Oh gosh, why did we let the chimp start watching Dynasty? Why? Monkey see, monkey do. Oh. You give you give monkeys like iPads, which we've been doing. We've been doing so much like um, interactive kind of studies with them. Um, not only teach them language, but how to gamble. And did I talk about the, surely I talked about the monkey pornography thing on here. I think so. Um, we give them those things. And of course, what else do we expect? They're yeah. gonna start being infighting. Right. They're gonna be like, well, what are those females doing? What are those female humans doing? What is that magazine they're reading? What is a Cosmo? Pretty soon they're learning to read, and pretty soon they're reading Cosmo. And they're, we're, we're separating, we're causing trouble for the Yeah, the absolutely, chimps. absolutely. I blame ourselves. I, I do as well. Interesting stuff. Nicole, now Nicole's had some kind of pushback because a lot of scientists are like, come on, we know that males are super aggressive. Well, there's no evidence besides yours to show that females are really aggressive. So they need to be doing more studies, and Nicole's even advocating this. So Nicole, stick with it. Maybe we can help these chimps at some point. Get those cosmos out of their hand. Yes. Maybe lock down those iPads so they can't so they can't be wandering around the internet. So they can't get onto Netflix and watch Dynasty hmm. and get ideas. Hmm. Hmm. Pretty soon we'll see like teased up hair apes. Yes. Like why do those apes like have like a Marsha hairdo where it's like oh, five man, inches these. off their head? They're watching too much soaps. Yeah. Man, it's it's a tough world for animals, and we're not making it any easier for them. No. It ain't bees, it's the goddamn... That being said, I mean, I don't know. Brad, we've, we've talked about divorce on the show before. Sure. Well, um, seven Iowa House Republicans are pushing a bill, really pushing it hard, All right. that would prohibit parents uh, of minor children uh, from getting a no-fault divorce because it's common knowledge that divorce turns teens, especially teenage girls, into sluts. Oh, boy. Hmm. Really? Okay. All right. Um, this is a this is a quote from the from uh, the representative uh, Gassman, mm-hmm. uh, Ted. Uh, this issue is near and dear to his heart because his daughter and son-in-law recently divorced, putting his granddaughter high at risk. Being a slut, apparently. I, okay. His quote is: "There's a 16-year-old girl in this whole mix now. Guess what? What are the possibilities of her being more promiscuous? What's wrong with her? What's wrong with her having sex? Like, first of all, what are the possibilities of all of these other things surrounding her life that a 16-year-old girl with hormones raging?" get herself into. Well, what does that have to do with the divorce? It has nothing to do with the divorce. It has nothing to do with the divorce. Like, why are you trying to, like, what, why is it, why are we going to girls? Why is we get all sexist? What about boys? No, or, boys aren't going to. I mean, right? boys are boys, Brad. Hmm. Boys treat everyone equally. Like, I don't, I don't treat girls any different than I treat my bros. Ugh. People know that. And I like to bro out sometimes. What's wrong with this that? This is gross and stupid and sexist. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised that he's quoted like that in the media and yeah. people aren't, like, laughing at him. Second of all, like, so what, you just want people to be in bad marriages? Yeah, pretty much. Stay in a shitty marriage or your girls will turn into sluts. First well, of all, let the girls have sex. It's not a thing. Don't worry about that. That's fine. I mean, well, kids will have sex. Yeah, that's I mean, what, let that's your what they kids do. experiment with sex. Tell them about why. Yeah. It's, look, I mean, 
Be safe. Be safe. Be safe. Be, be smart safe. about it. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with your 16-year-old exploring her sexuality. Yeah, that's kind of how it's supposed to work. Now, but like, how about let's not like, how about why do you hate your daughter or son so much that you want to be like, stay in this shitty marriage? Like, that's not good for anyone. No. Now, here's where it gets a little bit, to answer your kind of question, because we all have that same kind of question. Um, there's a reason why they call out no-fault divorces. Mm -hmm. Now, this is obviously, like, super conservative people, like, not wanting people to get divorced because they think that's a horrible thing for families. But what they want to eliminate is the no-fault law, which basically is um, that people can divorce without citing evidence of wrongdoing from either spouse. Now, the question I ask at that immediately, because I didn't realize we were category like there were different categories oh, yeah. of divorce. So so you have to cite wrongdoing to get a divorce? You can't just you be like, look, we're yeah. just not we're just not compatible. Like maybe we married too soon or maybe we didn't really yeah. maybe things have changed. I mean, I change, people change. Look, my husband, I we're just not together anymore. I just don't I don't know about this marriage thing. Right. Plus I've been talking to his friend Bob and I like kinda we're it's, gonna go do our thing. It's ridiculous. So it boggles my fucking mind that no fault divorces have to have that like it it almost seems like no fault divorces is a newer thing than just normal divorce well i guess you can get divorced if he hits you as opposed to circumstances have changed we no longer want to get married right that kind of bothers me and yeah. it makes me ashamed that we didn't start with the no yeah. fault divorce it should yeah like if, fact, it, if it gets to the point where you have to have a reason to get divorced well then you get a bad sitch yeah like so, no fault divorce it's like that should be encouraged yeah get divorced before shit gets bad so, I mean, and that's the thing, Brad. I mean, we're a very emotional animal. We're a very, as much as we like to be, you know, cognitive and think that we're logical creatures, some of us, um, it can turn like that if, because, I mean, if you're with someone you don't want to be with and society puts these pressures on you of what a marriage should be, yeah. which fuck all of that, and then, then it, and who knows what no fault could end up. Well, and then also like the, the legal red tape that you have to apparently jump through to get divorced, to get a separated from this human, like that's, that's going to make things even worse. Let's just let them, just let people end. How about we just stop getting married, first of all? Yeah. And if, like, if kids are going to get actually, I think, scarred from a divorce, I think a non-no-fault divorce would be the one you would want to avoid. Get it no-fault to begin with. Because, yeah. I mean, then you can sit down like, look, your parents, we like each other, we're cool, we're friends, but we don't want to be intimate friends anymore. That's fine. I think you could talk yeah. to a kid about that and understand before it gets to the point, maybe, and this right. is all hypothetical, that it could get worse. Yeah. But I don't think... and. It, but I don't think their main... I mean, there's a lot of things, but this guy's whole thing about how it makes your children more promiscuous is just total bullshit. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't under I don't understand the jump between mommy and daddy got a divorce. I'm going to go blow a lot of dudes. I, maybe it's maybe like, I should blow a lot more dudes. Maybe I should fuck a lot more. Like, what are you talking about? Maybe, I don't think kids are like that. Well, I, I mean, but the, I guess the same way that, like, idiot fucking conservatives think that, like, gay marriage is going to destroy heterosexual marriage. I I don't know. Like, maybe it's promoting. If you can if you can divorce the person that you were married for, married to before God, and then end up seeing someone else, then maybe it's okay to fuck more than one person in your life, which is bad because magic sky, magic fucking sky god says so. I don't know. I'm pulling at straws here. This is fucking nonsense. Oh yeah, and there's even um, there's a Democratic representative um, who has this to say. Like her her parents, um, there was tension in her childhood home, which lasted eight years because her parents had to prove faults to get a divorce. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they had to prove fault to get a divorce. Ugh. So. They were like, look, we don't like each other. We're not, we're going to have to keep this out until we can do fault. 
which I don't even know how, like, for eight years, that's crazy. So I guess they eventually got it. Um, but her quote is, they stayed together, uh, the stay together time was very, very damaging to my family. Yeah. Although they're, although we're all adults now, I'm not sure any of us have really gotten past that. Because they couldn't get a no-fault divorce. Ugh. So she's saying, no, Gasman, this is why we have that. Gasman has this to say. This is his final quote. This basically is an attempt on my part to keep fathers in the home. Gasman, what the fuck? I sincerely believe that the family is the foundation of our nation, and this nation will go the direction of our families. That if our families break up, so will this nation. Gasman. So you're gonna hold a gun to the guy's head and say, stay in this shitty marriage, or else I don't want you to destroy families, so I'm gonna make you a hostage? No one's saying it's a good idea, Brad. Gasman, fuck you. I hope that this doesn't go through in Iowa because I don't want to set a precedent for other conservative kind of weird, askew values. No fault divorces exist for a reason. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I'm still with you about the whole marriage thing. Let's soft pedal that. Let's yeah. re-envision what that could be. Yeah. Um, but like, let's not reimagine what divorce. Let's let's not hold people hostage in a relationship. Seriously. It's not going to help people make better decisions. Oh, you mean I can't get a no-fault divorce later? Hmm, I should really think about getting married. That's not going to change. People are yeah. still going to have marriage, sadly, yeah. for a while. Um, we need to think, rethink about all of that and yeah. give them an out. Give people an out. Yeah. No-fault divorce. Look, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Should be encouraged. Iowa, what are you doing? Everyone in this marriage should have to sit down once a year and be like, "So, do we want to? You should have. You should have to work to stay in a marriage. You should have to file paperwork to stay in your marriage." Well, we've talked about that on the show before, haven't we? I think so. I think that we've talked about the whole cell phone model of relationships, mm -hmm. where you sign a contract for a year, maybe three years, if you want to really lock it down for a good price or maybe a good tax cut. That's what we'll do. All right. You get a three-year. Uh, well, that may actually I, be subverting what it is. Maybe we'll give them more tax cuts for a year. If you want to do a three-year. Sure, but you're going to get less tax cuts if you do it for if you do it for a year, though. You get better tax cuts because we know that your relationship's going to evolve. Right. And if anything, that makes your anniversary mean something more to you. Sure. Because I have to prove to the state again, like, hey, we're in this. Yeah. Here's our paperwork that took us an hour to file, or like at least a day to really think about. Mm -hmm. Here's our proof of why there's. Right. Let's do it. Why not have it prove why you want to be in a relationship? Why you want to still be in a relationship after a year? Look, I'm still digging this chick. I mean, the fact that like. If people aren't growing and changing as life continues, like, uh, then that's kind of sad. It really is. Like, like, that's something that fucking boggles my mind. While people don't constantly try to improve themselves or, like, yeah. seek new ideas and just experiment. Like, maybe, Have fun. maybe you meet somebody that, like, is going to grow and change along the same lines with you in which you can still stay somehow in a relationship together. Oh, that's for fucking her. rare. But, I mean, it can, but, like... To assume that no matter what, you're both going to change and grow as human beings and not, like, die in a cesspool of the sameness for the rest of your lives and be okay. Like, it's weird. Like, uh, it's very strange. It's very strange. I remember a story. What was it? Um, and I would love to go back. Um, fuck, this was back when I used to listen to NPR a lot. But specifically, um, This American Life. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. For some reason, I think that's like a weird teenage show. But it, it's not. It's that's, that's the name of the show. Welcome <laughs> to This American, American Life. <laughs> My parents just got a no-fault divorce. Better go blow the whole basketball team. Marcy, you're such a slut. What? It's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. Next week on This American Life. <laughs> Marcy? Marcy, we've heard you've been blowing the whole basketball team. Is it... Is it because of the divorce? Shut up, Dad. <laughs> you're not my married dad anymore. You're my 
Divorce dad. <laughs> oh, it's so true. If I had only listened to Gasser. <laughs> Because Gatsman's on the show. Yes. He's a consoling neighbor. Yes. He's the all-knowing consoling neighbor. Let's not give him any ideas. It's like, I, if anything, I've learned on this episode that Ramjack has some very powerful ideas. We mm. have to be careful of who gets their hands on those ideas. Yes. Which is why we need to be funded through Kickstarter in a way that's yes. not really infected by... Because I'm sure, like, if a guy from a corporate... Let's say, like, a big corporation came to that door. Mm-hmm. Let's say P&G came to that door. Like, hey, we heard your podcast. We heard your ideas. We love them. Mm-hmm. Why not put a Tide advertisement up on that uh, Sky Palace? Why not put a Downey advertisement up on that Sky Palace? Ugh. Look, we'll give you the money. It's just you need to have a Gillette and a Pampers double bill Ugh. Sky Palace thing. Why Gross. about it? Gross. Plus, we want you to stop talking about certain things on the show. Ugh, we shut don't, up. Look, if they give us the money, we're going to take it. We're going mean, to take it. Gonna, we need that money. Because, you know... It, give me those monies! Sometimes we are willing to take that hit yes. um, to help. Yes. There's so many things we need to do. Those right. bees, we need to get We got to help them. If for no one else but the bees, but also for you guys. Yeah. All that fun you're going to have on that Skype house, what's it going to... I mean, if you don't want those advertisements up there, if you don't want to just see all these advertisements up there and all these free product samples that you just don't want... Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe put your money where your mouth is and get that kickstarted, but those hands up in the air for the put, champion. Reach your mint, reach in the pockets, pull them out. Heroes. I'm just, yeah. It's just, this stuff concerns me now. Yeah. Gasman needs to be stopped, though. Yeah, he does. Guys, just just stop this dude. Yeah. This is stupid. He's the worst, dude. Um, but this American Life, I'm so sorry that I got distracted on that. There was an episode where you saw an older couple's relationship changing. Mm-hmm. There was this woman who had to cater to this dude. Like, he had the same fucking routine every fucking day. Ugh. He would come home, she'd cook dinner, and she was tired of it. She's like, he doesn't want to travel. He's a homebody. I, that's cool. I want to travel. So she eventually got up, I'm going to say the courage, to stand up to her husband and basically mm-hmm. be like, look... I'm leaving on a cruise. I'm taking a cruise with my friends. Um, I've put all your meals because I cook every fucking meal for you, you fucking um, antiquated... It doesn't matter. I put it in the refrigerator. It's all got stuff on there. Like, what day to eat. I'm off. Bye. Left. This guy could not hold his life together the week she was gone. He needed her because he was like, fuck... But she's changing. She wants to travel. She yeah. wants to go out and experience life and not stay at home. Now, they raised kids, and now they're out. So it's an empty nest. And now she wants to change. Why not not renew the contract next yeah. year? Have him get another woman that's cool with doing that if sure. he wants, or maybe not. I mean, who would be cool with that in 2013? Uh. Um, maybe another old. Um, but then her husband, who wants to go travel, meet up with this other woman, and then they'll get their year-long contract. We need to have relationship contracts. Let's just go to that model. It's going to help, but I want to know if that couple got divorced. I bet you they have a lot of problems in their life. Definitely. Uh, they, yes. Or he may have changed and they could be galvanting. Who knows? All I'm saying is it would be a shame if they didn't have a, a wonderful source of transportation that was at their pace, just like a relaxed kind of pace, yes. where they could get any type of mixed drink that they would ever want, oh, and quality entertainment. Love it. That sounds like a plan. Um, speaking just $20 billion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, we're about to... um. Embark on a journey. Indeed. Um, we're going to start in the 80s with Mr. Belvedere and then go up into early 90s with um, Sleep with the Bell College years. Before we do that, we need to fuel ourselves with the second yes. round of Mountain Dew's brand new breakfast um, line of beverages, Fruit Punch. Ooh. Just the right amount of kick. There's that pop. That pop. With no fizz. I mean, this is very lightly carbonated. Still sound refreshing, at least when it's going in. Yep. It's good for our parched throats. Maybe this will taste better than the other one. Hmm. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, that's all fine. we can say about it's it. It's fine. It's no orange juice. It's no... Uh, milk, I think, tastes better as a... I still don't... I still don't... 
see it, it again it doesn't it's not what I would expect a Mountain Dew breakfast drink to taste like which is a good thing oh yeah I will say it, this one reminds me more of Mountain Dew Flavor-wise, than the other one. The other one had more of a like a, a soft tang. When this has more of a new, but it seems less carbonated. Mm -hmm. But it still, I think, has a, almost the same caffeine kick. Yeah, it's not bad. Again, I don't know that I really see it as a breakfast drink. I just see it as a beverage. It's just another yeah. energy, not even an energy drink. So, all right, done some investigations. Um, apparently, a Kickstart has three times as much caffeine as a Coke Zero, mm -hmm. um, and about half as much as a Red Bull. So, so that's middle ground. So that's where you are. But it doesn't have that like hard, awful energy drink taste. Yeah. So I would say that it's a light be breakfast beverage. Don't get you caffeinated. Yeah. A lot of caffeine, which is good. Yay! Victory! Yes! Yes! We're winning it again. Yes! We did it. But what we're really doing <laughs> is paying a very special visit to our pal, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China. Alex, it is a glorious day. Um, it is beautiful outside. It's, it's been a wonderful day so it's, far. Well, it's there's sun out. It's terrible in that respect. But what is great was this episode of Mr. Belvedere we just watched, and you are going to be summarizing. Guys, I'm so nervous. You lucky, lucky fool. What's the name of the episode? I think it's called The Competition, right? It is called The Competition. Hmm. And you're going to have one minute. I already have my hands in the air because I'm going to win this. That's right. Put I it in the this. air. Alex, 60 seconds to summarize the greatest episode of Mr. Belvedere we've seen as of yet. And you will be going in five, four, three, two, one, go. Things are a little weird in the Owens house this week, guys, when uh, Kevin uh, tries to combat George and best him. Because as we all know, the, the, the oldest male in the house needs to like overcome the dad physically. So they play basketball and Kevin schools George for the first time. And then George and him get into an arm wrestling competition where George schools him. Belvedere takes Kevin under his wing because it bothers Kevin a lot. Um, and trains him to beat George. And pretty soon, George and Kevin are uncontrollably fighting each other. But then they have a father and son moment where Kevin beats him for the last time, and George is like, you did it, son, and they come back together. Whatever. But also this week, Heather and San Angelo have decided to do ballet as opposed to shop or something, automotive, and they need a football player. Who happens to be the only football player that took the coach's advice to join the ballet team? Heather is smitten. She starts to tutor this boy. Twist part! Why isn't she making? Why isn't he making a move on Heather? Because he might be gay, and that's all right. But Belvedere may not know if that's right or not. Anyway, he consults these two dum dums because they're both pretty stupid, and this uh, one and they rethink things. But they decide to be friends ultimately, and that's kind of Belvedere this week. One minute, ten seconds. Not bad. Not bad. Not at all. bad at not all. Not bad at all. Put those hands not in the bad air. Not fucking all. Yeah. I still feel really good. I'm really loving this. Yes, this is this great. Arms in the air thing. It feels guys, good. Guys, wherever you are right now, I want you to take both fists. Let's do it collectively. Let's, Let's do it as a group. Ever, okay. As Ramjack. In your cubicle, on the bus, walking down the street, doing your laundry. Take a moment. Get the people around you involved. Your kids get, there? Get, get them together. Get, get them in together. Get your hands. Get, put make, them in like a loose Make some fist. fists. Make some fists. Have them up by your shoulders already. Mm. Your, your elbows bent. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, almost like you're flexing. Mm. Okay, right. now take that and just extend it extend up like it. a champ. Believe that you're extend winning and a champion. It. Yeah! 
Yes! I cannot tell you how awesome this is already making this podcast. This is making our lives different. Guys, we're heroes. We're doing it. We're heroes. With a minute ten, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. It's a definite improvement almost over almost two minutes last time. Indeed. And to discuss the greatest episode of Belvedere ever. Man. I where do you even fucking start? Oh man. I don't even I guess. Let's try to get the beginning let's like, start, out. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> so first of all, Marsha's sitting there looking ridiculous. God, the rims of her glasses d- start to, to, I guess, curve in into the, I guess, the oval or whatever, the, the weird square they are, mm-hmm. at where her nostrils are. Mm-hmm. So her lenses extend all the way down there. Yeah. That's huge. These Those things are, are giant. giant saucers on her fucking face. Yes. It's, it makes her nose look strange. Yes. Not flattering. But she's annoyed because, oh, every, oh, everyone's annoying her. She's trying to study. Well, bitch, go to a library. Seriously, go stop, get that study group that you talk about. Stop trying to get your family to leave the house. They live there. You're just visiting. Or why not go study in your room? Or, yeah. like, in that small space back by the door. I mean, or in the basement, for crying out loud. Yeah, it's a living room. It's for people to live in. Yeah, you can't really fault people. Yeah. So she's trying to get him out. Uh, Wesley wants to play basketball. Uh, so George and Kevin and Wesley go off to play basketball. George is like, hey, guys, well, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give you uh, ten hoops ahead of me or something. Because apparently George is really good at basketball. Uh, yeah, Wesley there, T doesn't want to play him because he's too good. There is a there is a implied premise in this episode that George is very good at sporting events. Now, listen, I understand if we're talking about, like, like uh, they're playing a game of checkers, and Wesley T is a little kid, and his father is because he's older. He's you know somewhat, I guess, brighter just because of age and experience, is able to beat him in a game of checkers. But in all of these sporting events, I refuse to believe that old man George is schooling <laughs> everybody just because he's the father. Well, you have to. I mean, this kind of goes back to a lot of people's childhoods. I mean, that's why Belvedere does this. Mm-hmm. Is that traditionally, especially when you're a kid, now let's let's take it in perspective for Belvedere. Wesley T is a teens weens little child. Like right. He is small. Yeah. George is feet taller than him. Sure. Like easily two or three feet. Absolutely. So in a game of basketball where height really does affect mm-hmm. everything, he would school Wesley T. Absolutely. Now it's weird that the father would be so aggressive and I guess, um, competitive against a child. Why aren't you just shooting hoops? Oh, you want the basketball? Cool. And maybe, like, help foster his skill. But it seems like George is the type of parent, uh, the same parent that, mind you, that took Kevin to secretly become a football player and, like, move downtown. Right. Let's not forget that episode. Let's not forget. Um, Ever present in our minds, take that. I would not... It's not beyond the realm of possibility that George would be super competitive and, like, fucking owned his kids I, on the basketball I agree board. I understand except one thing what's up the conflict isn't between Wesley T trying to beat oh, George it it's Kevin in the physical prime of his life somehow has still never beaten George mm, but here's the other thing Kevin as we know in that other episode did it to protect Wesley T and we right. know where this is going because Wesley does a lot of stuff in this episode where he's like cheering dad on ish Mm-hmm. And wanting to be a part of it, but we all know he can't compete. So his champion in this episode is Kevin. Kevin is always coming to Wesley T's aid as the older brother. True. But it just, it, it's this whole thing that, like, Kevin is feeling like he needs to finally beat George. I'm sorry, I can't imagine that if Kevin has had this need to to one-up George in sporting events, that it hasn't happened before now. Oh, that is kind of weird. Like, that's the problem. It's Kevin is way too old for this story to be happening. You're right. You're right on that front. 
I will say, as as a kid, I never felt like the need to like champion my parents in anything. I do remember when I beat my father at chess for the first time, and then he never beat me since. Um, but <laughs> that was neat. I was like, yeah, I finally beat my dad at chess. But it was like, all right, whatever. I wasn't. I'm not. I'm still not really competitive as a person. But I can see in other family dynamics, in other people's youths, especially people who are fucking into sports, where that would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I finally beat my dad and now I can go take on the world. Whatever. Fair enough, I guess. Hey, your dad's an old man like George. <laughs> you should right. be worried about competing against other people and you're, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's nothing. Yeah. So Kevin's not even there yet. He's right. 18 and he's not even beating George yet. So, so this is almost tragic in a way it, or sad. It is. But the, um, we cut back from the basketball game and Kevin has beaten George for the first time ever and he's, he feels awesome about it. And George is like, George is not letting it go. George is clearly shaken by this, which is weird. Well, what, what he's an old he, man. But he takes it to very weird places. Mm-hmm. And, and first off, Brad, we looked at each other when this was said on the television. It was, they're doing the whole ba- sport banter of like, wow, you really had me on those layups, kids. George isn't as, <laughs> your old man's not as young as he used to be. And um, like Wesley T says something like, yeah, Kevin really had you with that hook shot of his. And then Kevin kind of does this weird, like, I'm going to try to balance this ball on my fingertips, but right. I'm obviously not a sportsman, so it's awkward. Yeah. And then George says, yeah, is that arm good for anything else? Oh, and then he does a motion that is... Uh, I, if you got to shake it weight in your hand, uh-huh. that's kind of what he was doing. Imagine yeah. an invisible shake. It's, hey, 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 son. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, you can do those hook shots, but is that arm good for anything else? But he also pauses oddly. I mean, I'm saying it. I can't, and, and, I can't mimic him. No, we're going to play this. Okay. Yeah, you look pretty sharp out there, Dr. K. Yeah, I thought so. So is that arm good for anything else? Oh, boy! Come on, Mr. Belvedere, help me clear the table. Fine. Where are we going to dump your mother? George! It's okay, March. This won't take too long. I don't know, Dad. You're not getting any younger. Whoa. Sure you don't have to use two hands, Kev? I don't have to do that anymore. That's right. Not since last week. What the hell? Whoa, George. Whoa. Inappropriate. 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 This whole thing is soups inappropriate. Yeah. Like, I, there's no way they they were not aware of what was being filmed. So, uh, uh, shockingly, this leads to an arm wrestling competition and not to, like, incestual mutual masturbation, which is <laughs> sure as hell what it looked like we were going into. I even think there were more things surrounding it before they actually started the arm wrestling competition that made you think, whoa. It was a little bit before either of us clued in the fact they were actually talking about arm wrestling because I didn't know what the hell that meant. Hey, hey, how are you you, uh, one-handed? You still use two hands? Like, stop making that motion. Yeah, I can use two hands. And then, like, uh, George is like, cool, yeah. Give us a good show. Like, and we didn't know where it was going. Ah, no. No um, clue. So it went to arm wrestling, which was strange. Kevin's a little hesitant, and George beats him pretty easily. So Kevin is visually shaken, kind of like demoralized now. I was confused because I thought, because when Kevin looked demoralized, I thought it was because he let his father win. I thought it was going to be the situation where like, yeah, I can beat dad, but I feel bad for him because he's getting old. (laughs) Because we know, as people watching this show, that George is fucking old. He is like a moment from death. So we just assume. Like, it's not outside the realm possibility for you to assume that he let him win. Kevin is in the prime of his life. George is an old man. I, it's like... So that sows the seed for that whole story. I will say it's funny because um, little Wesley T sits down and looks at Belvedere and says, Put him up, Belvedere. And Belvedere's 
puts clothes in his hand and like, go put those away. Yeah. Go put those away. When you're done, you can come to the table. <laughs> Kevin's like, also T's like, oh no, he got me. Got him. And then we go into the song. But before that, um, Belvedere's in the kitchen, like doing the Belvedere thing, mm-hmm. like being the, the, the housekeeper. And none other than Heather and our favorite Savvy Angela comes oh, in. Oh, Savvy Angela. And she's like, hey, Belvedere, watch. They kind of look at each other. Um, wonderful acting, by the way. Or it was genuine, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, so let's try to get this dance down. Yes. And they do this weird kind of dance approach to Belvedere. Yeah, weird little Which is more yeah, of like a spin twirly weird, thing. Weird step, weird step, quasi pirouette, and then ta-da! <laughs> so what do you think, Belvedere? And Belvedere should say, uh, amateur hour? Like, pre-amateur <laughs> hour? Like, what? Was that a dance? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And he kind of says that, yeah. but not really. He's nicer yeah. to it. So, of course, Savvy Angela calls him Blunderbum or whatever the fuck she says. Mr. Right. Mr. or something. And they both look at her like, Angela, you're an idiot. But we all know Angela's smiling because she's exactly. not. She's Savvy Angela. She's so Savvy Angela. She's still thinking about Kevin in the other room. She's looking good this episode, too. She looks good in this episode. As is Heather. This is Heather's best episode. Yeah. We talked about that. If we can go ahead and declare a winner of the episode, I want to say it's Heather. Heather, I know absolutely. It's, we're going against yeah. like uh, precedent here. We're hey. declaring a winner at the top of this mm-hmm. room. Guys, Heather wins. Heather wins. Looking wins. good this episode, girl. Well Looks done. Good. Yeah. Um, no weird fashion choices, really. I no. mean, all of her clothes are pretty nice. Yeah. Especially for the 80s. Now, whatever. Um, we'll get to fashion choices later. Yee. Yikes. Whoa. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I will say it's funny. Uh, when we were watching Saved by the Bell, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, Every time um, Leslie <laughs> Romney and Kelly Kapowski came onto the fucking television, Brad would be like, who wins and who loses? <laughs> so we've taken that fashion to a minute-by-minute commentary scene scene. in our own personal watchings of this. I, I have to do something to tolerate those scenes with Leslie Romney because I don't care about anything she has to say on the show. God, and she's rubbing off on Kelly. Kelly is just... We'll get to that. We'll get there. So we know that the girls couldn't take automotive. Now, I don't know why they wanted to take automotive other than just to meet boys, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Get all greasy with the boys. <laughs> Get some, meet some bad boys. <laughs> Get on those bad boys. Change some mufflers. They'll change something. But So they decide to take ballet, which is right across the hall from Automotive. So the next day we see them um, in ballet. Mm-hmm. And there's some back and forth between the other girls. Like There's some actual ballerinas in here because mm-hmm. this one girl... Heather and um, Savvy Angela are having trouble with some of it. And this one girl comes up, a straight-up bitch, chimpanzee styles, uh, comes up and says, and that's not how you do it, girls. This is how you really do it. So she stretches and does a perfect whatever the fuck she's doing. Like, it's, it's amazing this girl can stretch like this. Definitely. And then Heather says something like, yeah, it's easy when you've had a lot of practice, if you know what I mean was the gist of what she was saying, I'm assuming. Oh, but what you don't know is that she comes from a broken home. <laughs> oh, so no. clearly, clearly. It's just like that episode where Kevin was dating that one girl almost raped her. Oh. <laughs> she did come from a broken home. Mm. Um, Gasman, you knew. Gasman? Gasman, well, what do you know? Gasman was right. Wow. Gasman, Gasman's never right. Never right, but you know, um, when he's right, he's right. And his rim jackers, right, you know, we're willing yeah, to admit that there might be someone in the room sometime. You never know. In the scheme of television. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heather kind of schools this girl, like, basically calling her a slut, without, yeah. which means she wins in this weird kind of scheme, so yeah. the girl walks away. Um, again, these girls look older Stop than Stop the slut-shaming. Girls. Seriously. Chimpanzees. Stand together. Women, stop the fucking slut-shaming. Yeah. 
All across the board. Who fucking cares who you're fucking? And as many people as you're fucking. Just do it. There's who too cares? much sexism for these women to have the infighting. Just stop it. Just stop. But then there's, there's this bro. He rolls in in full football, football regalia. I keep forgetting his... It's Dwight. Dwight. I'm thinking Dominic in my mind. I'm thinking all kinds of D it's names. Dwight. It's Dwight. Dwight. Um... He comes in, confused. Yeah, he's a bit of a simpleton. Yo, where's the other guys at? This is weird. Coach said we should take ballet. Yeah, because we need help with coordination stuff. It helps with your, like, what, I don't remember what the name of that muscle is, but it's in your leg. You know, stabilizing shit. And Heather immediately is like, hello. Hey, are you lost? So she's chatting him up and... It's assumed that, okay, she's developed a crush on him immediately. Said Angela's in the wings like, "Uh uh-oh. Savvy, you fast Sa- son of a bitch. Savvy Angel's like, well, if this doesn't pan out, I'll step in. Yeah, yeah. She may still be thinking about it. Oh, she's, I mean, she's, she's steaming. She, it's in. three layers deep with yeah. Savvy Angel. Like, <laughs> I could have sworn she spiked the camera, and I thought we were about to get in the side <laughs> monologue, which didn't happen. I, I think it was just cut for time. I do think time. there's a lot of stuff cut from this episode, because there's a lot of the scenes that seem to be cut short. Like, they're mm-hmm. really trying to go at a quick pace here. A lot, um, lot to get in in this episode. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, we're already kind of sluggish on that, so let's go ahead and charge through. What else? What happens after that? Well, he's he's having some... He's worried about his classes. He's right. worried about his history class. And I was like, well, hey, I can help I can help you with that. Well, she also got like a C- minus or a C plus on something. And yeah. he's like, wow, you're really smart. You could help me. So it's like, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, but she's just happy to spend time with this beautiful, uh, hunky, like, football player. Ugh. With his dirty jacket. Why is his jacket so dirty? You commented on that, and it is really dirty. I guess they tried to make it authentically, like, Letterman jacket. Like, he's actually using this, but you don't play football in your fucking Letterman jacket. Yeah, why is he rolling around in the dirt in his jacket? Well, he may be Mm. pinning and creaming. Pinning and creaming, maybe. Mm. AC Slater style. Well... So, Heather and him start hanging out a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, at first, it's for the studying. Sure. Um, but Heather forms some emotional attachment without really... And she just assumes it's happening on his end. Because right. why not? You're young kids. Of course right. it is. Um, and Heather thinks a lot of herself. I will give her this. She's very confident that she's a very beautiful, attractive woman. And mm-hmm. she even says it a lot through the episode. Mm-hmm. And good for her. She's looking good. She's looking good. She, she, she knows it. She's yeah. like... I'm looking good. I'm going to try to look sexy for this football player I'm trying to seduce. It's going to happen tonight. Right. Trust. There's even a thing where her and Sad Angela come in, and I think they're talking to Belvedere or whatever, and they're just girl talk. I think Belvedere's on that level with them where yeah. he's chatting with the girls. Um, so they're talking with Belvedere, and he's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm kind of going out. I'm dating. Um, this football guy, we met him in ballet class. He's really cool. But I'm a little... I like him because he's not trying to take advantage of me. He's not gall grabby hands like Kevin is. Mm-hmm. And like um, all these other boys that I take out, these jerks. Right. And they're like, well, what's what's wrong, Heather? Like, you still feel kind of down. Because he's not being like that. We've gone on, oh. we've gone on three dates. It's kind of bothering me that he's not at least trying to take advantage. Yeah. Not take advantage, but you know. Right, right, know. right. She says, so tonight I'm going to try my best. I'm going to look as sexy as possible. I'm going to bring, I'm going to come correct. And I, I might let him, I might let him. I, I love the fact that like Belvedere was like... Like, she's just saying this in front of Belvedere. Like, Belvedere has interrupted many on advance. Oh, yeah. In the past. But, the, but, but apparently it's all for he's just her benefit. Go. I and mean. I love this because Alex is like... <laughs> Alex immediately, like, off off the cuff jokes, like, <laughs> he's probably gay. Yeah, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that kid's 
this would oh. be awesome if he turns out to be gay. Right. And Brad and I look at each other like, yeah, that would be really cool. But right. there's no way it could be like that. Right. Well. So date that night. They come home. Again, so many times in Belvedere, we ask a question to it, and it just almost like it's a, a television miracle. Like, come and delivers. Seriously. It fucking delivers. God, I love this show. Uh, they they get home from the date. Um, Heather has on a beautiful little blue dress. Like, absolutely. It is a wonderful number. It's kind of the mix between like the classic black dress a girl should just have in her wardrobe. I'm sorry to be talking about fashion so much. It's not a fashion hey, forward moment. It's but, all right. But we she go, looks so, good. Sometimes you got to just go fashion, fashion forward. <laughs> so Heather's looking great on point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, they just got back from the hockey game. Yeah. He apparently caught a hockey puck in his mouth. I don't know. He's still wearing this filthy jacket. It's yeah. repulsive. He's Launder s- that thing. Sits down and is like, hey, can I watch the game? Cool. He's, will you get the sports report on the news? Yeah. So Heather's like, sure, I guess. Then she trusts, Then she starts the seduction. Right. It's like, hey, do you mind if I turn out this light? Oh, the lights are just, they're just hurting my eyes. She's turning down the lights. Cool. It's like, oh, is it cold in here or is it just me? I think it's just you. I think it's just you, girl. So she's, like, all, like, snuggling up on him. He's, like, not paying attention. Well, she starts to, like, really try to get, like, close, close to him. Mm -hmm. And he stands up, jumps away from her. He's like, yeah, we did it! Because I guess his team won or whatever while he was away watching hockey. Does the victory pose. Feeling good about himself. Feeling great. Bell, and it's also late at night, and Heather even says, oh, it looks like we have a living room to ourselves. What are, mm. what are two young teenagers, like, in the prime of their mm. youth? Just, you know, budding sexuality. Just, what are they going to do? And he's mm. like, watch sports. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so, uh. Belvedere hears this, comes down. It's like, don't worry. Um, Dwight, I've got, I'll go heat the oven up. Because also, Dwight, Belvedere loves the fact that Dwight's in the house because he eats so much of Belvedere's food. Like, yeah. It's almost like I would love to see more of the story where Belvedere fixes food for Dwight yeah. just to like try stuff on. Like this... culture this kid who's kind of a dum-dum in like culinary food. Like, well, it's crazy because like... The joys of that. It's like the, the weird cliche of like the, um, the high school... Um, football player guy that just eats everything in sight. Yeah. Because so, he keeps, like, bringing food down. They've, they've done it a couple times in the episode yeah. at this point. But I'd like to think Belvedere's culturing him. Right. Because he says something like, yeah, Mr. B. He also calls him Mr. B, which I love. Like, right. I love that he calls him Mr. B. Definitely. Yeah, Mr. B, I finished those turkey legs. So I'm assuming whatever Belvedere is bringing into him, like, he's processing his head. Like, these are like turkey legs. They must be turkey legs. But, like, they're seasoned to perfection. Like, this is food fit for, right. literally, a queen. Belvedere's Belvedere's using this as 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 an excuse to play Top Chef. Yeah, so he's just slaving away in the kitchen. I'm sure Wesley T's helping because they're all buds now. Sure. So, so Belvedere goes to the kitchen, um, and Heather decides to like seriously just be like, "What the like? Call him out, dude! What the fuck? Look at me looking like this. Check out this hot bod. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? Are you gay? Which I was like, whoa! When she said that. Brad and I's head just like whoa, whoa. Can you say the word gay on TV in 1987? I guess you can. I mean, I guess soap did, but yeah, they well, usually tiptoed around it. Belvedere can too, apparently. Um, and the guy freezes for a minute and is like, "Whoa, I never really thought about it, but I might be gay." And Heather's like, "What?" And we're like, "What?" Well, we're laughing hysterically. It's like we're both like mind blown, mind blown, not expecting it at all. It's a 1987 television show, and I love the actor for this kid. Like mm-hmm. he is really like delivering as far yeah. as this type of thing. Um, and Heather is kind of taken aback, um, thinking, "Wow, this is okay." 
I'm not really sure how to process this. Yes. It's so amazing. He, he leaves immediately like, I need to go tell my parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, cat's out of the bag. Guess I'm gay now. Better go tell my folks. This explains a lot. You know, all the other guys, because she, he even reasons it to her. She's yeah. like, I was just joking. Like, I don't, I don't think you're really gay. And he's like, no, this actually makes sense. You know, you know, all the other guys are talking about, you know, dominating these girls and going out and getting laid. And I don't really care about that. I just care about, you know, growing out with the boys in the game, you know, tackling and stuff. <laughs> so he rushes home to go tell his parents about himself, his, his new life as a homosexual. Which he's, I want, he's out of the closet. I wonderful that he feels so comfortable to talk to his parents that age. Yeah, That's and, great. And right off the bat, in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. In the pit. Fuck. Yeah. Kid. In I, the pit in the 80s. Um, But maybe his parents are awesome. I don't know. Maybe. So Heather is upset, obviously. She's like, I've had this crush on this boy. I've had all these feelings. I thought they were mutual, mm -hmm. even though he showed no signs of it being mutual. Whatever. Right. Uh, other than paying her attention. Heather, it doesn't matter. Um, and Sad Angel is like, that's cool. You know, maybe I should talk to him and see what's up. Maybe I should just like weasel on in there. No? Okay, that's cool. I'll just ballet over here. Three-dimensional chess with Sa Savvy Angela. Always. Always. How's Kevin, by the way? Guys, Angela, stop. Okay. He'll come mm. around. Um, <laughs> He'll just do that paint. <laughs> you don't stir paint, it dries. What? Don't worry about it. Um... So, Heather comes up with a scheme that she's going to seduce this kid. Like, look, he's not gay. He's just confused. He's a big dum-dum. Which, no. Yeah. That's no little... one, even in 80s, the sexuality in our culture or the way we treat that, mm -hmm. you would never jokingly or even like, even if someone suggested to you you were gay, I don't think you would react to it this, the way this kid does, even if you were quote-unquote dumb. Like I really think this kid's gay. Let's just let's just put yes. out there for the sake of the show and for the sake of yes. this argument. That kid is gay. Yes. And Heather helped him realize that. He thought he was just broing out with a friend. Mm -hmm. So Heather decides, look, I'm gonna bring my A game. And tonight, when we go to practice, he's also been kind of distant with distant with her because she even says in ballet class. Hey, oh, sorry, Dwight. I didn't mean to imply you were gay last night. I was just mad that you weren't making a move. I mean, here's a beautiful woman, like, says you can basically have your way with her, which she even says, like, seriously yeah. in the episode. And it's weird that you don't want to, at least. Or at least, you know. And he was like, cool, whatever. Hey, I gotta go. So, I mean, yeah. So she's gonna, tonight when they rehearse, she is gonna give it her all. Oof, is she ever. So, do we wanna continue with that? Or let's, do we let's go, let's save go that and go back to George and do we, let's, Kevin? Okay, we can go back to, we can go back to George and Kevin. So, so Kevin's oh, having issues. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this awkward moment. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, really, in an episode of Amazing Moments, we, Belvedere's walking down the hallway and here's some grunting from ooh, Kevin's room. Ooh, ooh. Mm. Sounds like somebody's stirring some paint. And again, where you assume that they would just kind of tiptoe around a subject, Belvedere's like, oh god, I'm going to regret this. But he knocks on Kevin's door. Kevin? And then he puts his hands over his eyes and just opens yeah, forces Yeah, he's like, open. I hope I don't see anything. Two, again, two yeah. running goes on like, ooh, 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 ooh. Like paint stirring kind of definitely, sounds. Definitely, definitely. Opens the door. There's Kevin in his room. Luckily, not stirring paint. He's he's rigged up. I love that word tip towing around. <laughs> but using the 80s vernacular. I right. Like the phrasing. He's rigged up a, 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 an arm wrestling machine. <laughs> it looks like an old-timey lever that would, like, start the reaction to something that would bring yeah. a Frankenstein's monster to life. <laughs> Definitely. But out of wood and a spring. <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's well he he was he wanted to make a bartend a bartendro but <laughs> but he didn't have the technology. He was making it, it was before his time. Yes, he was making it over over the top tro. <laughs> I'm gonna start thinking of every type of like electronic device that's slightly robotic as a tro. Definitely, it's the new iPad tro, the <laughs> iTro from iPad or Apple. So it really is just like a lever with a spring attached. Yes, that he's just like doing like. Mm-hmm. Every time that he brings it down, it's a grunt, and the springs are holding. I mean, it's really ingenious for a sure. job to think of. I don't know how much stress the strings really given him, but what, I'm not string the spring, but whatever. Right. Um, Kevin has been struggling to beat Dad forever. He's been shielding kind of Wesley T from it the whole time. Right. So he infuriates him that he hasn't been able to beat him at arm wrestling. And Belvedere's like, "Listen, it's not a big deal. Could you just, just relax? I mean." And then George walks by and he like like shoves his face in it again because George is the, the worst, and you kind of understand that George is always going to be the worst. Oh yeah. And he needs to be taken down a notch. Which hey, is- Kevin. Um, uh, Heather said she wanted to arm wrestle you, but I said that you were already spent from arm wrestling earlier so that you wouldn't be up for it. Bye, son. Slash worthless piece of trash. Bye! Great parenting. Great, or, great parenting. Yeah. Hey. Um, Belvedere's like, all right, fuck this shit. I will train you. <laughs> the first thing we learn is the grip. So it's basically, uh, I wish we had a Rocky montage of yeah. this. That would have made this episode fucking amazing. Yes. Um, Was San Angelo watching from a distance? <laughs> helping, like rubbing his shoulders out a little bit when he's like, he's like, stop it. And she's just like looking at the camera like, just takes time, just takes time. Long con, long con. So Belvedere's training him. Mm-hmm. The next time Kevin fights George, because they're playing Scrabble, and George is like making up words, combining Ugh. chewy and crunchy. It's weird. Mom is baking uncharacteristically. Uncharac- also the worst, like, I'm going to make uh, marshmallow squares, rice krispie treats or yeah. something. Okay, Marsha. Sure. I mean, Belvedere is in the fucking home. Yeah, you could have had like a real food. She wants to dabble in cooking. Sure. So, Like she wants to dabble in law. Yeah. <laughs> like she kind of wants to dabble in being in this episode. <laughs> Hair still is just as crazy. Nothing's going to change. Boy. Kevin cleverly gets dad st- trapped in I have to arm wrestle this kid. Yes. Where he brings out a karate kid headband. Mm-hmm. <sighs> channels his chakras. Because he's trying to psych George out. Yeah, because Bubble Deer also lets him know that's part of the game. Right. So it works. He beats him for the first time. And Kevin goes fucking ape shit. He does. Like, this is fucking awesome. Champion's pose. Jumping up, champion's pose, running around the living room, champion's pose, goes up, feeling the high of his life. Yes. Dad is destroyed. Yes. Marsha's like, fuck this, I don't care, I'm gonna go study. I don't remember what little Wesley T says, but he must say something smart, Alex. So then, from then on, it's a launch of a power struggle between those two. They're always fighting. They go to the movies and can't even, like, watch it because Marsha's, like, moderating things. It's just an arms race. It's getting crazy. Like, everything is over the top. Like... Kevin goes to make a sandwich. George is trying to make a bigger sandwich. Cool sandwich. Bigger. And there just Ugh. goes to make a bigger sandwich. It's like... It just... What's the breakfast exchange? Like, I'll have like four eggs and some bacon. Well, I'll have sausage, bacon, and 12 eggs. And it just gets crazy until the point where it's like, you know what, I'll just have some coffee. And then Kevin, because George wants the coffee, Kevin says like, I don't have anything. Uh, fine. Fine. Oh, can we also talk about the moment where where Belvedere is tra- training Kevin and Kevin is like drinking the raw eggs because uh, it's the eighties? And- hindsight, guys. Oh, gross. That is gross. Well, even the audience goes like, "Ew, raw yeah. eggs." You have no idea, guys. Yeah. Um, speaking of gross, um, there's the moment where uh, Heather and San Angela are, are painting their toes. Oh, yeah, on the kitchen table. Yeah, which is gross. Like, their feet are all up on that table. Part of her sexification process. Right. <laughs> she's trying all the different colors on each toe now. And set, and she's like, hey, San Angelo, which one do you like? She's like, why don't you, why don't you just keep with the rainbow? <laughs> which, 
What? Not a bad idea. Again, San Angelus saw from the beginning. Sorry, Savvy Angelus saw from the beginning that this boy is clearly a homosexual. Just, just <laughs> the fact that it just keeps those rainbow. little, yeah, like yeah. that kind of like foreshadowing is why I fucking love Mr. Malvin. Yeah. And Savvy Angela, she knew all along. She knew. The first she time knew. she saw that boy coming to ballet class. Oh, he's gay. Yeah. Amazing. But I love it because they're being gross by having their feet all up on the fucking table. And I was like, oh, you don't mind this, do you, Mr. Belvedere? No, I was about to take a bath in the fucking sink, you gross people. You almost applauded, right? You're I like, did. well done. I did. Well because done. my immediate thought was, get your fucking feet off the fucking kitchen table. That's gross, you weirdos. Mm. Belvedere called them out. I was glad to see that. Nice. Um, so if we go back to... Do we want to finish George and Kevin's story out? Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not really yeah, that. It's not there's not out. much more. I think things escalate to where they arm wrestle again. And it's really just Belvedere, like, I guess, monitoring it. And, or refereeing it. My, my apologies. Um... And that's when they have their kind of heart-to-heart. Like, you know what? I wouldn't mind it if you beat me if you just weren't rubbing it in my face. He's like, but Dad, you always rub it in my face. Like, it becomes epic. Yeah. And George and him kind of come to an understanding, but not. Which right. I kind of love about Belvedere because that mirrors reality on a point. Most people never really come to an understanding on things. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so they kind of realize, you know what? Well, Belvedere feeds them some kind of line about, like, the master or, like, the child always must fight the father for dominance. So Kevin's like... I don't know why I do this. I must do it for dominant. She like instantly wins. And right. it's like KO. And, and then Belvedere's like, yeah, that's all bullshit, by the way. I made it up. Made it up. Not a thing. So you guys just be humans and stop being all weird. Yeah, so George is, they come to an understanding. Like, all right, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry too, Dad. All right, well, let's just chill out. Um, later in the episode, we find out that Kevin has been arm wrestling Mom. And yeah. she has been beating him. Right. Uh, two out of the three games that they fought. Fair enough. Sure, whatever. Um, Let's get back to Let's Heather. Let's get back to Heather. And White's. They have a hot date. I put date in quotations because he recognizes, he, he identifies as gay. Yeah. So before they go, he's over at the house again. Belvedere's cooking him like the best food. Like he's really putting an top effort into this. <laughs> um, but he is reading like, what magazine is he reading? It might as well be a Cosmo. But yeah, I don't know he's, what it he's is. some kind of home, uh, home decor or something. He's reading about the fall fashions. And Belvedere's like, is this something you've always been interested in? He's like, no, but ever since I found out I'm gay, I thought it was like, Heather, Heather helped me realize I'm homosexual. I've been taking a more, I've been, you know, indulging that side, you know? And Belvedere's like, what? Homosexual? In my kitchen? It explains a lot. And Heather's like, don't worry about it, Belvedere, I'm on it. And she, <laughs> he's like, don't worry about it. See, this is where it gets a little uncomfortable, like, looking back, because it's like, ooh. Ah, uh, why is that? That's not something to worry about. Like, let the kid be gay. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. On it, wink. Um, oh. So she's, um, she tells him, you know, they need to get together and rehearse. Um, in fact, the, the rehearsal is uh, in the is going to be in the evening tomorrow. So just go there and meet him, meet her there. Yeah, at school. We'll just we'll have the room and we'll all rehearse for the big thing for the final or whatever. It's a fucking dance ballet thing for for high school. Like, yeah, I'm sure if you put any effort in, you'll get a, a B at the very least, yeah. if not an A. Just don't fuck it up. It's fine. Right. So we go to it. Hey, where's the other? Where are the other girls? Oh yeah, it's just us. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. All right, stay here, though. I'm going to go freshen up. What? I mean, I'm going to go change. Okay. So he's just kind of, like, doing his warm-up exercises, you know, mm-hmm. and then Heather comes in. She's looking good in that ballerina suit, I'm just going to say. Absolutely. Very nice, very flattering. Yes. Um, she comes in, knockout. 
Definitely. I think I'm ready to, I think I'm ready for this rehearsal. Are you ready? He's like, sure, whatever. Um, starts the music. She seems to command ballet actually pretty well. Like she's Definitely, much more flexible yeah. than she let on in the beginning. Sure. I don't know if the actual actress has ballet training. I guess she would have to to kind of pull off those moves. So they're doing their dance right. thing. Um, kick, the music starts to kick up a bit. Is that synth in the music? And it get off tempo? Seriously, when the synth came on, I started laughing. Yes. Not as much when the saxophone solo came on, because guys, it has a saxophone solo. Of this is the eighties. This episode almost has everything awesome in 80s it. Eighties sexy music. So he's standing there watching her, basically trying to seduce him through dance, and she's right. doing an okay job. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's not dirty dancing, but it's close. <laughs> but it's it's but it's there. And he's like, "Are you okay?" Um. Then we cut over and we see Belvedere's watching, leering through the door. What? In the glass. <laughs> Belvedere? He comes in, turns off the music. She's like, what are you doing? I was gonna... You're gonna blow it and I was gonna blow you. He's not gay. I'm like, Belvedere, let me fix this. I will, I will bonify him. He's obviously not buying He's it. not. Like, I'm, this dude is not straight. Not, it's just He's not gonna not. happen. And it's fine. But then Belvedere rolls and he's like, listen, listen, guys. Maybe, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily gay. Look, just because because Belvedere's coming from the perspective that he's a dumb dumb, right? Um, and that he's easily manipulated and easily swayed by what people tell him. So he sees Heather as an authority figure, even though she doesn't make that good grades. Right. He sees her as an authority. So when she suggests, maybe, "Are you gay?" He takes that to heart. Like, well, what if I am gay? I mean, she was right about those science questions. But we all know that's not what's happening. Yeah, we know that. So, but so I don't know whether to take. And again, you have to put it in its time. Right. So Belvedere is like, look, you may or may not be gay, but you're young. I, you don't. You don't need to feel pressured to to have sex and to be yeah. interested in your sexuality. And yeah, everyone develops in their own kind of scheme. You don't have to be boning down, whether you're pinning or creaming or whatever the fuck you're doing. You don't have to make those decisions now. And he's like, I never thought about it that way, Mr. Belvedere. But I do kind of like dude. <laughs> I mean, it really does make sense. I, I mean, mean, really, it's... I mean, look at Heather. I see that. Nothing. Nothing. But when I saw you peering through the window, I got a little excited, I'll be honest. <laughs> but Kevin... <laughs> maybe. But Kevin, you know, I've seen, I noticed he's really working out. His arms are getting really... I like his... I like it. I'm not going to hang out with him. Uh, it, it, so it's a it's a weird thing. It's, and it, and it's very kind of, weird. It's and uncomfortable, but and we talks, forget it. And Belvedere also talks down to Heather for like, Heather, quit slumming around. Like it's fine. You don't just have to be fucking all these dudes. That it's like, listen, let Heather, let Heather, let Heather be herself, and let's just be gay. Which he ultimately kind of says to them. Yeah. His whole talk is almost unrelated. Um, and if it wasn't for the homophobia in the eighties or any time then it wouldn't be as uncomfortable. But it's basically like, look, you guys are young, mm. you're very sexual creatures, but no rush. Take your time. But he no. says all that and then leaves them alone together. Again, right. Heather looking gorgeous. Him, not really into it. So he's like, so do you want to go keep rehearsing? And then she says, nah, let's get pizza. To where he says, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. So they, they become friends. Sure. Until Heather tries to seduce him again. Right, which is just going to end sadly. Yeah. And then he's going to have a crush on Kevin. Then we're just going to re- replay last episode. Please, let's have an episode where there's a, where that boy has a crush. I want to see him come back. Like, I like this character. Yeah. Mainly because he calls Mr. Belvedere Mr. B. And yes. I would love to see him, like a, a triangle or like a weird love thing happen between Heather and Kevin and Savvy Angela. It would be neat. Born February 18th, 1966, Cincinnati, Ohio. What? Locals. He was on an episode of Baywatch. (laughs) 
the streams just keep crossing. Hasn't done much. He's in Waxwork and an episode of Matlock, but he was also in Baywatch. All that matters. Indeed. So, so we go to Belvedere writing in his journal. Kind of a weird close. Indeed. Talks about what everyone's doing. He's like, ah, yeah, everybody had, everybody had all these crazy drums, but the only thing I'm worried about is what's going on with... I don't even remember the girl's name. No, yeah, Basically a soap opera. Belvedere's yeah, he clicks on like a little, a little super teensy-weensy TV and is watching a soap opera. And then we hear Heather, oh, far in the background, like, saying, why? And we hear Belvedere's door, and he's like, oh, hey, Mr. B, you watching soaps? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get in on this? And Belvedere's all like, oh, brother. And then it ends. Right. Um, but how it ends is weird. Like, we realize this is a shift. Like, mm. we've, we've talked about, like, this Cinderella episode that, in my mind, is just on par with your Baywatch Nights dog window ep- episode. Yes. Like, when you see that, that's going to be tops for you. Yes. When we see the Cinderella episode, which we've seen teased in commercials and from 80s things. I cannot fucking wait. Yes. But it's weird to imagine the show getting there. Mm-hmm. But with this episode, this is like the missing link of yeah. that yeah. The music at the end changes. It has like this weird kind of flourishy ballet feel to it. Yeah, because I guess this was the ballet episode. They made a ballet version of the theme. Yeah. Which was so bizarre. Because they have a pre-credits, mm-hmm. and then they have the real credits, which they change the theme music to yeah. that too. It's much more tempo and kind of like, weird. Well, it's like a Dixieland jazz thing. It's yeah. It's like really bonkers. Which doesn't make any sense, because what, what does Dixieland have to do with anything about Belvedere being from Britannia and fucking the pit? I don't I don't get any of that. I don't know. It was just crazy like, craziest episode followed by the craziest end credits music. Yeah, Brad and I looked at each other like something's different. Something Did we take acid? What happened to, to, on Mr. Belvedere this week? Um, uh, that's like the, I think it's the 12th ingredient in Kickstarter. Oh, uh, manzies. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Heather won. Oh, we already established. Who it. lost? Won. Um, maybe the dum dum, the quote unquote dum dum gay kid, mainly because he was kind of treated like, dude, you're not gay, but we know that he's gay. Now I don't want to say that he lost because he ultimately he came out to his parents, and even though there's a lot of pressure from other people to be like, hey, dude, you're not making any decisions right now. We know he's gay. I think George lost. George completely lost. Because George, is, George, not only is is he no longer the champion of all sporting events in the house, which Marsha was. Let's be honest, because true. she can beat Kevin. Come on. Oh, but also like uh, yet another significant milestone in his um, quick descent into elderly <laughs> dementia, <laughs> into the retirement home. Yeah, we're two like, seasons away from the his retirement mortality home. is 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 more is more apparent than ever. Sometimes it's that cut and dry. Yeah. There's no debate. Heather wins. George loses. That's Belvedere. So, let's take a, a crazy cross-country trip to visit our pals on Save by the Bell. Let's go with cheers! Victory! Heroes! I'm never going to get tired of this now. Like, <laughs> no. This is really... Like, I think we've stumbled across something that's this amazing. Something. This is something. And it's not just... I mean, again, I feel it when I put it up now. Like, mm. That's... Damn. Guys, we're on the West Coast. California State College University thing. We are. Community State College. <laughs> California Cal- University. Cal- California Tech. College School University place. Brad, oh. you will also have a minute to summarize this episode to say by the bell. Now, you got your... You got to cut out for you. I mean, because this is also a pretty crazy app. Three, two, one, go. All right, guys, this episode is bonkers. 
First, Zach meets this girl. Turns out she's a tennis pro and she's a famous, super famous tennis star, which apparently is a big thing. And she's going to the college. Everyone wants to meet her. Oh, Zach's going to date her. But the thing is, she doesn't have time to date because she's really focused on school right now. And she's having trouble with astronomy. But who can tutor in astronomy? Screech. And guess what? She's all about it. Because Screech doesn't care about the fact that she's a star. Screech cares about her interest in astronomy that's growing. I don't know. They apparently have a thing. Like, they're, like, falling in love. But Zach's like, Screech, what the fuck are you doing stealing my girl? Um, it gets weird because she clearly wants to be with Screech for some reason. Um, meanwhile, Kelly and Leslie Romney are wanting to have a classy party in the dorm to meet classy guys. <laughs> also, Slater and Alex. Slater is pinning and creaming, and but he has to go to Alex's play. He doesn't want to go, so she he forces her to go to a wrestling match that she doesn't want to go to. She kisses him on the nose, which he takes as a good luck sign, so now he has to come to all of her matches to give him good luck, which is bonkers. Um... Also, Eddie Stemperian from Baywatch Nights makes an uncredited for once in his life appearance on Saved by the Bell as a janitor wackiness. The party falls apart because she's a tennis star and everyone wants to talk to her. Screech confesses his love. Zack deals with it. He moves out. Screech moves out at one point to live with Mike while acting Rogers, which is crazy. Um, Alex gets into a fight with another girl at the wrestling match and that's done with. That's the episode. I stopped you. One minute, 31 seconds. I've been there, man. I know. Ooh. I know. A lot of, stu- like, a lot of stuff It's happens. hard to recap an episode of Save by the Bell because so much stuff happens. Yeah, like, it's not. Very, it's usually not very good. This one was quite entertaining. Oh, Much definitely. more so than the last few. But a lot of stuff happens. Admirable, though, man. You know, a minute and 30 isn't bad. It's better than what I did a couple of weeks Indeed. ago doing Save by the Bell. And again, if and you, you got everything in there. I got Eddie Sebrin in there. You got Eddie Guys, Sebrin. Eddie's, again, the guy that's in the opening credits to Baywatch Nights that appears in, like, hardly any of the episodes, he's in this episode Mom uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's like that there's, like, some, like, actor's guild rule that, like, okay, you've appeared in so many shows, um, credited, we, you gotta have to do some uncredited work. <laughs> We got you a gig on Saved by the Bell, the college years. You're going to be on the screen for literally three or four seconds. You have a line, and then you're out. Oh. He's a janitor? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll get to that yeah, part yeah, in we'll the get episode. There. We'll get there. So we start off, and, and... We start on the edge of tomorrow. We start on the edge of tomorrow, where Zach has spotted this foxy girl, and he's like, Ah, Slater, I'm going to go talk to this girl, but what should I... I, can't, I what's a good line? What should I do? So there's like, she's carrying a tennis racket. Why don't you invite her to play tennis, dummy? And Zach's like, oh yeah, good idea. Then Screech's like, but Slater, you didn't tell Zach that that's the famous tennis star that goes to our school. Screech, um, shut up. I'm going to watch Preppy get get his. I mean, I can't, I, 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 I grant that there's famous tennis stars, sure. sure. But, I mean, I'm sure, and you also know all the facts about them. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, you got your Anna Kornikovas, you got your Williams sisters. Those are the famous tennis stars. I don't even know their names. Do I... <laughs> Venus? Venus? Is oh, there Venus? Oh, okay. And Demarla. <laughs> well, that's a real name. Yes. I mean, like, the media yeah. put this yes. weird kind of spin on her name. Uh, yeah, Serena, right. I think, is what they're calling uh, Obviously, her. I call her Demilo. Oh, it's, well, it's that's, that's her it's given name. Joke. Yeah, yeah. It's an in joke. I mean, but you know tennis. Right. You know tennis. I know tennis. You know tennis stars and a right. cornacoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all of them. So, I, I mean, I'll grant. But, again, it's 1993. I 
I don't know about a famous tennis star so much. Dude, I mean, tennis has been... I mean, there was that whole tennis fad in the 80s and 70s. Like, it's been a thing. Sure. Who was that one girl in the 70s or 80s? Steffi Graf? Like, they mentioned her in the episode. I don't know. I mean, you're the ones with the sports facts. I mean, facts, I do know right? all the sports facts, Alex, and we don't have time to get into all the sports facts We don't, facts we don't. I I, yeah, let's just um, move on. But you're right. It's but it's a little weird. weird. It's, like a, it's like a rant. It's a strange thing, I guess. I don't know. I mean, as someone who doesn't know anything about sports, if I saw a tennis star, I wouldn't know who the fuck they were. Yeah. And Zach doesn't really, he's like, eh, whatever. It's it's weird, though, because they play this thing, because Zach does this whole bit where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, really good at tennis, so I, my partner canceled on me. Maybe you'd like to play. And there's this weird sexist bullshit where he's like, don't worry, I won't go too hard on you. And, and the joke, of course, being that she's really good at tennis, but he doesn't know because he's a dude. Well, see, what I thought that he was trying to do was, again, it's sexist. But you could see from her perspective that he's saying that almost as a flattering thing. Like, right. you know what? I'll go easy on you. Like, oh, he knows I'm a tennis star. It doesn't bother him. Like, he's he's still being confident around me winning, even though I know he's not going to win. Like, you could see that as kind of like a joking, playful thing. But Zach fucking means it. Yeah. And granted, I'm not advocating that because that is still kind of gross and weird and antiquated. Yeah. But if he was going with that and consciously, then right. it would make sense. It's, but he's not. You're right. And she's like, Zach she keeps, seriously says, she keeps trying to tell him. I guess you should know that I... No, no, don't don't worry about it. I'll go easy. He's like, all right, fine. So they, we cut to... Uh, Zach comes back, and he's like and he's like wearing gross shorts. The grossest. The shortest, like, weird white <gasps> shorts, right? Panic. And he's like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And so there's like, ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> I guess you guys won't be going on a date. Ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha here in the dorm where I want you. <laughs> And what was that, Slater? What? Zach's like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're going on a date. So, Slater's plan was foiled. I almost had him. I almost ah. had him. All right, Preppy. I got my eye on you, though. Oof. And there's, Slater. like, watching those two bro out is the grossest. They they do a lot of weird forced broing out on the show between them that's strange. Yeah. And this is where Leslie Romney and God, Kelly Rowland. fuck. Who's the worst dressed in this? Is this the one Kelly has the cross thing on, or is this yeah, before that? Yeah, she's wearing like this, like, it looks like... It's a Snuggie, except... She's wearing a Snuggie, yeah. like a velvet Snuggie, <laughs> and with a cross, a big cross, and Leslie's wearing... <laughs> Which would be like a monk, like if she... <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie is wearing, like, her mom clothes. What At one point, she's wearing a denim, uh, like, just dress shirt, mm-hmm. um, but then she has this weird black shawl over it. You call her a witch. She looks like a witch. She looks like a witch. Yeah. Like, they back and forth, every scene with the two of them, it's just a question. Yeah, that's, that's mine and Brad's favorite yeah. new game on Saved by the yeah. Bell, that we play with each other. Right. Um, so they talk about how... By the way, Kelly lost for the monk dress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, decided. Um, and they're talking about... But oh, that was fucking close, because that yeah. witch outfit was weird. Well, no, that's, she's not wearing the witch outfit then. She's wearing, like, oh. weird, like, denim-y stuff. Oh, one. you're right. The witch outfit isn't later. Yeah, which are, Kelly wins yeah. and she loses. She That's loses why I remembered the witch because the yeah. witch. Okay, my bad. My, I apologize, um, guys. But she's, they're talking about oh, these guys are so immature. We wish we could meet some mature guys. We should have a party, like a classy party. Okay. <laughs> Kelly's like, yeah, a toga party. No, a classy party. <laughs> a, a Romney party is what is what she's talking about. 
<laughs> so that's like that's their side story for the episode, which oh. goes practically nowhere. But the period on that point of them having the party is Screecher rolls in with super soakers, like the double barrel yeah. awesome ones from the nineties, and is like, guys, we're gonna go raid the first floor with these squirt guns. And Zach and them are like, all right, we're like, not immature. I'll beat you to the door, Slater. Not if I beat you first. So like, weird bro out. Like Gross. I'm pretty sure they grab each other's. Oh yeah. Um, and again, Zach is wearing those weird short <laughs> tennis shorts. Like <laughs> it's awkward. It's a nightmare. I thought he was just getting up in his boxers and thought, whoa, Zach, you need to go put on some pants Yikes. or something. Yikes! And they're like, boys, we're gonna have a party. So oh. that that gets that going. Yeah. So then we go over. So we got Slater and Alex at the. At they're having a fight because he doesn't want to go see her play again. Yeah, they're like in the common food area. Yeah. Thing. Oh, so. Well, let's go ahead and tackle this first. Zach is seeing this girl. She's kind of like, hey, I don't really like people who do tennis. Um, I'm also failing astronomy. I don't know what's up with that. So he's like, hey, I know someone who knows astronomy. Screech, come over here and teach my girl astronomy. <laughs> so that is his own demise there in that relationship. Exactly. But why would he think Screech is a threat? Always think three G's a threat Indeed. for multiple reasons. So that we'll go ahead and get that out of the way because Cloaked now let's fix it back to Alex and Slater. Right. So Alex is going to go to his um, wrestling match, even though she hates wrestling, to support him so that he'll come to her to see her play again. Yeah. So we get to the wrestling match, and Mike Wall, Wall of Acting Rogers is there, and being the grossest is all talking about. Oh no, Alex, you don't get it. Like this is—it's a beautiful sport. It's about men, you know, being tough and dominating the and, other one and forcing them into submission and, in a sexy way. But then he said, "What?" But like all the words he says are crazy because he says something about like the fluidity, and I was like, "I don't want to hear yeah. about fluids. Don't want to hear about fluids." It's all gross. the muscles. Like what did he say? Contracting oh. and, the and then fluidity, the fluidity all over of those hot Chicano bods. <laughs> Swallowing with each other in the floor. Full on raging. If you know what I mean, right, Alex? Right? So then she like scurries away to like see Slater before he competes and like gives him a kiss on the nose. Which is weird, let's be honest. And he's like, oh, there's no kissing in wrestling. There's other dudes here. Don't do that. What? Look at her. She's super foxy. She's the best dressed in the episode. (laughs) Hands down, she gets that award more often than most. Yes, like, she. Stop it, Slater. You're this, the worst. This is all Slater needs. Now, Slater and... Fuck. Alex don't realize that all it takes is putting those hands in the air. Put those hands in the air! Guys, this has changed my mm. and life and pie. I hope it changes yours. Trust oh, us on this. It will. So, they feel like these weird superstitions because even Mike says like all the, and you know this we all know this about sports there's a lot of fucking weird superstitions in that yeah and that's not an exaggeration that's just how it is yeah um, which is unfortunate but fair enough yeah um, so Slater pins and creams that dude yeah with quickness with super with quick with such fluidity such fluidity and such yeah. muscle tension oh the compression of those muscles <laughs> and the fluidity of his actions on that hot chicano bod <laughs> I will say this, though. The move that he pulls, because he does some footwork to get mm. this guy, like, flipped over and down, is actually really impressive. Mm. Um, grappling, fighting, like, for the record, is something that a lot of martial artists, you can pretty much sub- get them, sub- like, into submission quickly by grappling. I mean, that's that's actually a weird kind of thing, because a lot of martial art is about, like, distance fighting. Mm. But if you grapple someone or, like, actually wrestle-wrestle them in close contact, it pretty much negates all martial arts, which is interesting, but fair enough. Okay, so... That's just some random Alex knows all about pinning and creaming. I know all about those facts. Alex has pinned and creamed a lot of ninjas in his day. <laughs> um, you know, I never really thought... No, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, so, um, Mike gives him congratulations. What changed? 
how did you win this time? So he's like, I didn't, it was, I don't know. I mean, Alex gave me a kiss on the nose. Shh, don't say that so loud around all these guys. What? So, so a girl kissed you on the nose, no big deal, but that's probably your superstition. That's probably what got me to win. Superstition is really important in sports. Yeah, not um, all the extra training you fucking did. Not um, all the. He's like, you gotta, skill or you gotta make sure you do that every time now. Like one time when I was playing football, which I eventually failed at, I had to carry like a dead salamander around for a month or something. And that helped you win? I, well, it did better than we were doing the dead frog in my foot. Duh. Like, I'm out. First, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, worst. please, please. Yeah, also, when you acknowledge that it's superstition, like, you've already, like, you're done. It's awful. If you acknowledge that something you do is superstition, then you're admitting that it's fake. Yeah, you're an idiot. Good luck? That stuff isn't real. Yeah. It's awful. It's so ridiculous. And so Slater explains to Alex, well, listen, you've got to come to all my games now and kiss me on the nose. She's like, no, that's fucking stupid. Well, you know you have to for good luck. It's like, well, there's no such... Th-. And Alex says, look, there's no such thing as good luck. And we were like, oh, well, I guess Alex is going to win immediately as well. We almost thought it was that quick. Yeah. yeah. Brad was like, clear winner. We got another winner. After seeing those outfits that Leslie Romney and Kelly were wearing... Oof. But then Slater, Slater looks like Brad through the television and says, Not so fast, Mr. Couples. And oh. Brad's like, What? Huh? <laughs> he takes it to Alex. Well, Alex, how is that any different than you saying that bullshit about you can't say good luck when you go on stage? You have to say break a leg. Like, it's all bullshit. Right. It's just to help me be confident. And she's like, You're an idiot. Shut up. Yeah. So she wandered up and we're like, Oh, okay. Not winning yet. Yeah, still kind of like, mm. Mm. Poor Alex, poor Slater. Yeah. So they're in a tizzy, whatever. Right. Um, Kelly and Leslie, I guess, are still planning their Oh, yeah, they're making dinner plans. They're like, um, what do we serve? Nobody what do we cares. wear? Ugh. Well, you need to be thinking about what you're wearing because... Oh, uh, well, because next time we see them, um, yes, Leslie Romney is dressed up like a witch, and Kelly is wearing, um, like, these weird, like, shorts with, like, that are, like, too high. That was, that was a And, like, a little, like, black top, which was kind of attractive. True. But it didn't look sophisticated. It didn't. Like, it Leslie was, was over-trying. She was doing the witch strap. Strategy, and oh. Kelly was just, she looked like a barmaid. Like, yeah. not a barmaid, but like a bartender. Like She looked okay woman. just because, I mean, she's an attractive woman. Oh, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a cash hangout. But all right. these men had on, like, No, no, we're not, we're not there yet. I know, but I'm just, okay, yeah, let's, let's rewind. Yeah. And she, yeah, so, but Kelly looks all right, but that's just because of her body. The clothes were weird, like, regardless. But Leslie definitely lost because she looked like a witch that was about to make a witch's brew. <laughs> um, Magic. So meanwhile, Screech has been tutoring this girl, and she is all up into learning is about astronomy. Weird? Is it weird that I almost completely forgot about the actual story in the episode? <laughs> in the course of us speaking, I almost completely forgot about that. Uh, I'm sorry, friend. I... So Screech is tutoring this girl. Tennis star. Tennis star. Um, big shot tennis player. And she is all about learning about astronomy. Because Screech is such a great teacher, because he's enthusiastic. He makes learning fun. She, he's also the first man in her life that hasn't at least obsessed over her tennis stuff. Right. Which she even says to Zach, it's kind of tiring, you know? A lot of people look at me as a tennis star and want to use me or just, like, think I want to talk about tennis all the time. I'm more than that. I want to I want to live like a normal person. And Screech is opening up these these worlds to her. Well, you know, in a literal sense, maybe, Literally. because it's, it's about astronomy. Right. Who fails fucking astronomy? Like, it's... Mm. And, like, 101 astronomy, from what I... I never took it in college, but is easy shit. Like, it's basic constellation stuff and, like, planets. I mean, how that isn't common knowledge, who knows, but whatever. Again, well, again, California College State University School isn't... I mean, we've seen... What the hell their their anthropology teacher throws out with rocks being True. appliances and 
True. I mean, it's it's not a great school. The academics are not on par. The chancellor is clearly throttling, throttling the people. Do you think the reason they're not, they don't have a really good astronomy program is because the uh, chancellor doesn't want people to really have a good knowledge of like how to destroy Death Star? Yeah, basically like look. Okay, we made a mistake when the rebels destroyed the Death Star on Yavin Four or Five or whatever the fuck it was. We're not going to let people do that again. We're going to not teach them mm. as much about science. That that does it. Or maybe it's because they need people that understand astronomy so well that they can help build a new, better Death Star that their classes are very advanced in astronomy. Oh, so that's why she might be failing. Right. Look, it's... I'm a tennis star. I know nothing about, like, I'm trying to think of something super advanced in astronomy yeah. that would be. But astronomy is just the study of, of actual constellation stuff, not the science behind it. It's not like it's physics or anything like that. They, they take it to a new level because they need so, to but find. That's what it's yeah. going to be, yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Don't know. I, I do not know. But, so, like, she's, like, Screech is tutoring her. He's And Zach's got dates with her, so it's kind of this weird thing where, like, she's going to go, like, learn stuff with Screech, but then she's late for a date with Zach. Which, Zach should see this coming. Right. I mean, she is geeking out over the science stuff. Like, at one point, he, Screech wows her. Um, because they look through a telescope. He's like, look through that telescope and tell me what you see. And she's like, um, a co-ed, like, exercising in a tower. Oh, sweeter, you got back to my freaking telescope. Um, Screech is creeping out. That should be your first fucking... They're not going to touch that telescope. Slater's worrying about Alex. Zach is... Who knows what Zach's doing? He's all, like, scheming. Who spends time with that telescope? Screech is checking out the girls, the other co-outs. So, red alert there, honey. But regardless, he, like... No, let me get that over to the star. Then he shows her a constellation, uh, the Andromeda, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. And he tells this Greek story about Andromeda. It's some kind of love story. Right. And she's like, oh my God, that's that's so beautiful. Is it? I mean, is it? Uh, when we were watching, I love when you said that. Like, is it? I mean, seriously? Because he even doesn't, even, doesn't yeah. even deliver it romantic. So that's when you know that she's really into him. When right. he can say something stupid and her be like, oh my God, I never thought of that way. What are you doing later? And, like, they're about to kiss. They're about to start making out. And then Zach rolls in. He's like, hey, you ready for our, to go to the movies? I guess. Later, Screech had a wonderful time. Ooh, now you see the tension. Mm-hmm. The tension. And then the next day, Screech takes her up to, like, the makeout point with a telescope. What's it called? It has, like, a weird, like, Proctor's Point, I think. Yeah, like, pro- but... And, but the best part of this is that he's like, yeah, we went to Proctor's Point and I showed her the stars. And Kelly's like, you mean makeout point? And now look at her like, she's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, yeah. And then we went up by the tree. The tree? The makeout tree? The fuck tree? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. And then we went past that. And then we went past the, uh, you know, to that little clearing. The, the fucking I wanna, out clearing? I want to have your babies clearing? <laughs> it's like, and then Kelly's like, what? I just like, I like that fun too, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, I like them like kind of slut shaming her and all that, but her being like, fuck you. Yeah. Which all one? right. I'm fucking people in a field and in a tree. And <laughs> I can't wait for Zach forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I'm waiting props. for Zach, but there's a lot of, you know, temporary guys that just want to fill that position. Mm, true that. Wow, <laughs> wow, I, I didn't mean to phrase it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so he's like, yeah, we, well, we were just looking at the stars. Oh. And, but then, like, Kelly and Leslie Romney are like, we know what's up. Yeah, they know. Like, <laughs> this thing is this over. It's over for Zach. Kelly, can I see you in the corner really quick? I want you to watch something with me. <laughs> so then Zach comes in. It's like, hey, that's cool. You you ready to go out? You're two hours late, but oh, yeah. I'm just kind of tired. Zach, I'm just so tired. Ooh. Leslie and Kelly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Looks like Preppy's got his. <laughs> They're loving it. They're loving it. They yeah. love the drums. This is the first time that Zach has had to compete with Screech, other right. than that time with Lisa, but whatever, um, for a woman's affections. Right. So immediately, like, tensions are high now. And Zach's like, well, listen, Screech, I think she's had enough tutoring, so uh, I think you can, like, lay off. And he's like, um, I don't think so, Doc. I think I'm the tutor and I'll make that call. So, uh, fuck off. <laughs> and they have a big fight. And then Screech's like, well, maybe I'll just fucking move out. So Screech takes his stuff and like moves in with Mike, which is a bundle of hilarity. I almost feel like they're trying to like um, prime the audience for a spinoff where Screech will move mm-hmm. in with Mike and they'll have their own television show. Because it yeah. seemed very like yeah. sitcom-ish. Like everything yeah. that happened in that room. Definitely. I mean, more so than the sitcom we're watching. I mean, more like an 80s Perfect Strangers kind of sitch. Yes. Or like an odd couple, very much an odd couple sitch. I will say there was another scene where Screech is teaching her about um, the circulation of the planets on a pool table. Mm -hmm. And then Zach rolls in, realizing he has to compete now, and um, says, So, you want to go out later tonight? And she's like, Well. And then a star is then, uh, Screech says, Well, there was this thing at the planetarium we should go to. I thought it was like the. It was something about the last gas giant, so I guess they talked about Neptune. Um, we should go to that. And she's like, that would be great. And Zach says, it would be great. I got two tickets right here. We should go to it. And she's like, oh, all right. Well, later, Screech. And Screech is like, god damn it. Yeah. Zach, he, I, you can't let Zach know what's up because he's a god. I mean, he'll right. do what he wants. So then there's the whole fight, like you said. Right, right. So now we're to the big classy party. God damn it. <sighs> um, again, Leslie looks... Leslie, meh. Ech. Kelly looks okay. Leslie, I think Kelly definitely won. Leslie lost on that one. Oh, yeah. But whatever. Those men, those classy gentlemen in their sports jackets and their khakis are going to be looking at Kelly more than Leslie Romney. Definitely. Leslie definitely. Romney, you should wear what you wore in the fucking opening of the show. Like that, like whatever her volleyball outfit is. Because yeah. she looks hot in that. Like that's yeah. probably the best she looks ever in the show. And it's in the opening credits. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter at all. Fashion forward. We'll press it. We'll, we'll move on. We'll yeah. persevere. So, um, oh wait, before that, let's go back to the wrestling thing. Let's go back to the wrestling. That ties into what happens a little bit later. Okay. So, yeah, so we're at the wrestling thing. Um, Alex and, and Slater, they, they've had a little bit of a fight, kind of, but they've kind of made up. I don't know. But she's decided to come watch his wrestling. Now, she is wearing an interesting outfit that I was immediately somewhat suspect of. Yeah. Because it's, I don't even know how to describe it, really. It's. We're both, I mean,. Again, me and Brad are all about fashion. We're watching yes. the panel. It's all about the fashion. It's all about those looks. So she rolls in in this almost like band conductor. It was yeah, really reminiscent of like the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper-ish, but kind streamlined. Of, yeah. yeah. Black and like maroon, I think. Mm-hmm. And sleeveless. Sleeveless. And she's got good arms. She's got she's got a good figure. Let's she, just be yeah, honest. She, definitely. So she's got a good look to her, and we're both like, you know. We we appreciate you trying, Alex. We mm-hmm. like this look, but we're not totally I'm sold not on totally it yet. I'm not totally sure. Uh, and um, now I will, I will go ahead and say this. Well, yeah, we we see the boots that are going with that ensemble, and I think that that cinches it. You're right; it ties it that together. Cinches it. Like the top itself, no. But this is where this is where you realize that the entire outfit's important. You, you mm-hmm. can't just showcase your top. You have to like have everything work together. We say band, or it's it's like a weird like mixture of like some kind of Asian dress. Yeah. With a band, I I, I don't know how to describe it. It seems it more like she's wearing a vest over mm-hmm. a black shirt. Yeah. Which is fun. I mean, it looks... I, it looks good. I will go ahead and say it. Yeah, it looks good. It's a good look. Yeah. I wouldn't be... If a girl wore that now, I'd be like, nice, well done. Definitely. Um. All right. So we're going to watch... We're going to watch the wrestling. <laughs> um. So she goes up into the stand. She's like, yeah, I don't want to be... She's, she meets this girl sitting there. She's like, yeah, I don't really want to be here, but my boyfriend's wrestling. She's like, oh, my boyfriend's wrestling too. <gasps> 
Turns out they're going up against each other. Which one's your boyfriend? The one fighting that that dude. You mean my boyfriend? You mean my sweet Chicano boyfriend? Yeah, he's fighting that Chicano. <laughs> that filthy Chicano. What? You don't talk about my man like that. Um, so Slater and this dude are actually competing pretty. This is probably Slater's yeah. biggest champ or competition. Definitely. What happens though, Brad? How do things escalate? Well, this other girl starts like loudly cheering on other dude. And then Alex's like, well, I'm going to cheer on my guy. And then they end up like down on the floor and they are wrestling. And this is when we see Alex's foxy boots. Um, and we get to see the whole ensemble in action as she is wrestling with this other girl. Alex wins. Oh, yeah. Well, we're... We're both, like, concerned for Alex, mm-hmm. and we're also the sigh of relief, like, oh, those boots do bring that outfit together. Oh, yes. Thank you. And also, it's, like, pretty foxy. Pretty foxy. Pretty foxy. So they're, like, rolling around on the floor. Definitely. And <laughs> I don't know how Slater gets disqualified, because him and the other guy are just standing watching them. Like, everyone yeah. is watching them. There is no pretense well, of, like... We're they're... told later that, that like... The like Slater like pulled her off and like really stopped his fight to go. We visually see the stop, the fight stopped, yeah. and then Slater goes over and helps out. I think the, I think that fight got a little hotter. I think it just kept going, it got yeah. a little crazy. There was a time when the other dude was reaching for certain parts of Slater's anatomy as well, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, definitely. And we both saw that. That was weird. Um, so they kind of let them fight before they really tear him apart because the girls get back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All, All right. right. Good job. Good job, show. Good job. More of that, please. So back at this party that's back boring. Back at this boring, lame-o party. First off, poor dudes, because only Leslie Romney and Kelly are the only girls there. Until Tennis Star shows up. And they're enamored. Because uh, she's, she's a famous celebrity. She's also cute. I mean, she's let's, okay, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I still say I think Kelly, I mean, come on. Oh, Kelly best her. I mean, if we're going to go solid look, looks. Leslie Romney may even best her. But let's, well, I think Leslie's really pretty, personally. I mean, I think her and Kelly can go against each other when they're wearing the proper outfits. Brad is not convinced. I don't think but, so. But um, what she has over them is a future mm-hmm. and actual talent and right. skill. Yeah. And she can do more than let's let's get all these boys in here and have a party. Right. Don't get boyfriends then. She's more of like, I don't really care about that shit. I'm a tennis pro. But I find it crazy that all, as soon as like she's there, like all the guys are like swarming her. Oh, that and, is like, kind of n- weird. No one is even like interested in what Kelly and Leslie Romney have to say anymore. I mean, I think like if all the guys are swarming um mediocre tennis star girl, then maybe you go over and swoop up uh, Kelly Kabowski. Yeah, that's weird. Or if you're slumming it, Leslie Romney. I don't know. That's just how I see things. Strategic thinking. That's good. But I mean, you know, these are just a bunch of dumb, dumb freshman yokels at this classy party. Just enamored with the sports. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, so Kelly and Leslie get their laptops out. Well, they go to their PC and they start ordering clothes online. Because <laughs> anytime a dude's, you know, we right. all know that. Dudes are captivated by sports. Women right. are going to go spend money. Um so um, during this um, screech is you know back at Mike Wall of Roger, Mike Wall of yes. acting Rogers place and he's like being a sad sack and he's like oh I'm so sad and Mike's like look fuck you screech you know what you don't deserve her <laughs> which you, is true yeah like if you're not gonna fucking man up and tell her how you feel then fuck you. Which is probably the best advice Mike has ever given on the show. Because he's, he's notorious for being bad at acting and giving horrible <laughs> advice to these kids. Oh, yeah. 
So it was good to see him finally do something constructive. And yeah. Screech is like, you know what? You're right. So Screech in his pajamas. In and his weird red, like, futuristic yeah. camo pajamas. It was weird, yeah. It looks like Desert Storm, like, actual, like, desert camouflage. It's bizarre. And then he has, like, weird hairnet on? Or, like, he's got, like, a shower cap? cap. Ah, it's, it's strange. Yeah, and he's like, so he, like, marches over to the classy party. And he's like, hey, Tennis Star, I gotta tell you this. I'm in love with you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't think this is the right place or time. Oh. Why? Because you're in your pajamas, weirdo. She calls them jammies, which is also oh. grating. I know. I I, oh. I was like, ugh, that's yeah. a grating word. It is. It's the worst. But you're in your jammies. Oh, okay, tennis star. I think all the guys are like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So he, like... Who's that, who's that girl over there? Is that Kelly? I don't know. So he, like, goes sad Charlie Brown's it back to, to Mike's place. Assuming he's lost. But Zach... Right. Zach's... Zach isn't completely heartless anymore right. of this. But I do think it's interesting that Zach takes second seat in this. Like, he's not really the star or the main focus on a Saved by the Bell episode, which is a change. It's That's that, weird. Though. It's like all this college years. It's like Zach being, like, constant... Zach is not the powerful god he was. True. Like, every episode well, yeah, is pretty Slater much... the Slater episode was more specifically Slater, the mm-hmm. Chicano episode. It's like every time, like, Zack's either kind of a douche or losing. Zack is not on his game that much in this show. I'm making really poor decisions. Right. Um, so... God, that limo episode. That, the faux, ugh, weird... The not rape, rape. but not rape. Yeah. Damn, fuck that episode. But anyway... Um, he takes her out in the hallway. He's like, look, Tennis Star, listen. you know, I like you, but I mean, let's be honest. It's mostly because you're a superstar and a famous tennis player. I like the clap that you can give me. And there's nothing. I mean, look, I'm letting you know that. Like, I, I you know, I'm more of a space dog and I don't know what, what your, <laughs> what, what your game is, but. Beyond tennis, but Screech really Screech likes you. He actually cares. So if that's what you're interested in, you should probably go with Screech. Oh, but Zach, I've already decided to go with Screech. But look, I know it's going to be hard for you. Cutting her off, just like, yeah, well, you know, let me finish. No, 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 no Zach, Zach I, I'm not interested in you. I'm going to go I'm well, gonna go with Well, I, I know it's going to be hard because we've been going on a lot of dates. No, no, not I, to I, make really, out I, I don't really care about you. I, I find you lame well, and we, boring. It's been the best. It's been good time seeing you. I, I'm uh, walking away now. Huh? All right. Hey, goodbye. Good luck. Fair enough. She walks away to go find Screech, which, I mean, we kind of, like, exaggerate it. Like, it's a little bit yeah. warm, warm than that. Um, she walks away. A beautiful woman walks up. Uh, probably the sexiest girl in this whole uh, episode. Looks over at Zach. Zach's like, hey, put your number in my phone. And she's like, what? Well, she doesn't say anything, which is also no, great. No, it's, it's awesome. He's like, hey, you want to go to a party? And she, like, nods. Huh. And he just, like, puts his arm around her and, like, whisks yeah. her off. And she puts his arm around him and he looks at the camera like, done. <laughs> Ta-da! Fucking Tennis Star, I'm about to fuck this. Exactly. Meanwhile, Tennis Star goes over to Mike Wall Acting's place and, like, is like, is Screech there? Screech comes out, they kiss. Ta-da! I do think it was funny at one point, Screech says something like, after Neptune, we're gonna learn about black holes. And she's like, yeah, I love learning about black holes. Which is, like, kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're learning about black holes in astronomy. That's... Yeah. It's kind of reserved for... I guess astronomy four or something, maybe three, mm. or physics class, like astral physics classes, but whatever, doesn't matter. Um, we go back. Oh, go back to the party. Um, Alex and Slater roll over. Um, Alex is all bruised up. She's got like a, an ice pack and she's like mumbling because she got beat up. And uh, I guess they've agreed that she's not going to wrestling anymore. <laughs> They raise lies that their superstitions are stupid and coming physically hurting out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the first law you learn as an actor is don't touch the face. And now, 
How's she gonna perform in that weird Pinocchio play that they were? I don't know. Why, the why does their school only put on children's productions? It's she, very strange. She's part of the children's theater. Oh, not an A-list celebrity on the canvas. Oh. No tennis star. But now she's gonna have to wear a mask or something because her cheek is jacked up. So her and Slater have some banter back and forth. They basically go to bang it out in their room because Definitely. they they specifically go over to their room and they yes. say stuff along those lines. Yeah. Um, we go to the credits, and of course we got a wacky scene at the end. Oh yeah, everything's solved by the way. Yeah, everything's solved. Instantly. Done. Except for Kelly and Leslie, who like have their Flor- their classy party ruined. They're gonna, it's gonna get hard for them to find men. But nobody cares, really. Um, <laughs> so we go back. Cut. It's a cut scene of like Screech and Mike Wall acting Rogers, like living together, being the odd couple, and. Well, no, no. Screech moved back in. Everything was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to go get his stuff from Mike's, and Mike already packed it up. But the end post-credits is Mike watching television or something and getting a knock on the door, and Screech is like, I forgot something! And he basically forces the door open, even though there's a yeah. chair on it. And he, like, Terrifying. And he, like, runs in my alarm clock, and he kind of, like, jumps on the bed or something? Grabs the clock, runs out, and Mike's like, ah, get out of here, kid, you bother me. And then he comes back in, and Mike's like, what is this, improv? What? And then Screech jumps on Mike and just like, oh, it's really bizarre and weird. It's super bizarre. It's like the most awkwardly improvising because like Mike Wall of Acting Rogers cannot play with improv- improvisation. He just can't. <laughs> what Clearly. is this improv? Like that's not a joke. Like you're. Yeah. It's funny because you're an idiot, Mike. Yeah. It's funny because you can't act, Mike. Yeah, he's really just the worst. It's not improv. It's not acting. Whatever you're doing, it's it's, it's you're in a room being uncomfortably awkward and denying everything. <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah, that's the episode. Who won? Who lost? Alex won. Alex won hands down. I mean, come on, Foxy wrestling in that Foxy outfit. Only she thing, won. the only thing that deters her a little bit, because ultimately I think Zach would be a clear winner. Because even though he got to make out with this tennis star and like go on dates with her, and even though it didn't work out. Zach goes on to the next girl like no problem. Yeah. He also, I mean, he's Zach. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he didn't wrestle a girl. He did wrestle that girl off camera because they went up to make out point and they didn't look at the stars, Brad. Ooh. Or some audience. <laughs> Just screaming. Still, Alex. Our heads bumped once when we were looking through the telescope. Screech, that doesn't count for anything. Alex is fashion forward. She's the best dressed. She's also the winner of the episode. I, I know clearly that you won Alex to win. I'm just saying there um, could be arguments against it. The question right. is who lost? Obviously, it's Leslie and Kelly. I would say Leslie lost. <laughs> Leslie. Hands down. Two, she lost two out of three of the fashion fights. <laughs> and Which may be the qualifying title. Who's going to lose this week? Is it Kelly or Leslie? That's the only <laughs> ones that really... She lost She lost two out of three fashion fights, and her classy party was late. <laughs> she almost got burned at the stake for being a witch. True. So, yeah, I think Leslie lost it big time. She's never going to find a man. Not never. a classy man. Never. Not a California State Tech University nope. thing. <laughs> Don't think so. Institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> University of Phoenix College, California State. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And that's Saved by the Bell, guys. I mean, it's a fun, interesting... It's interesting. It's fun. It it's, was an adventure. Guys, a couple of great episodes. Great episodes this week. Yeah, yeah. Cannot wait to get back in there. Indeed. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. Thanks so much. This has been a fun episode. Yes, it has. Put those fists in the air. Put those fists in the air. We did it. We crossed that finish line, and we are victorious. <sighs> yes. You did it. You listened to the episode. You're, you, we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're, we're never gone. <laughs> I know, but we're back to the end of this episode. Like We, we are. We come to other ones, and we're happy. We're a little yes. sad because we have to let you go. But mm-hmm. hey, we'll be back next week or soon. Exactly. 
And by then we'll have soon. The, by then we'll have the fifty billion dollars we need. And everything is gonna be fine. Yes. If you would like to get in contact with us, maybe give us some of your feedback on what we've talked about or your thoughts on uh, Belvedere and Bell or just what's happening in your week. You can feel free to call us because we have we have a telephone line, right, Brad? We do. You know the number to this off the top of your it's head. It's two zero six three three nine five eight nine four. Again, if you want to send us an email, you can send us a, you can send us a, a voice file by email. If you don't want to call the phone, you can email it to ramjackpodcast at gmail We'll accept those. Yeah, totally acceptable. And if you want to really, um, I guess, strive for audio quality, wouldn't be a bad idea. Before we play this, can I point out that um, I, had, I had a text conversation with Pernasek. Um, the other day, he was asking about Sad Angela. He was like, I can't believe you guys didn't mention the fact they completely changed Sad Angela's character. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you mean because she's Savvy Angela now? He's like, no, you know the way she used to be. She used to be like a completely different actress. And I was like, what are you What are you talking about? I mean, she has. She does look different. Like her look has gone through a change. I mean, but she's she, the same actress, right? Yeah. I was like, she's like, you know, she used to have brown hair. And I was like, wait, are you confusing her with with Awkward Wendy or Enid from Charles in Charge? Oh. Oh my God! I thought she was. He was. He was weird. confusing Sad slash Savvy Angela with Enid from Charles in Charge. Listen. That, that can't happen. I mean, it's an honest mistake on Jonathan's part, but that can't happen. Those I mean, are very different people. I, I love Enid. She was a yes. great character. But come on. Like, Enid Enid would trade all the horses in the world to be Savvy Angela. Yeah. So weird. So interesting, too. Brad, Alex, it's me, John Pernasek, leaving you a crisp and clear voicemail message recorded via GarageBand. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit, especially because I, I want to talk to you just quickly about this Laura Wimsett column I received uh, just today, Friday, March 8th, is when I'm leaving this voicemail. Uh, it's not I, I, it's not necessarily worth reading out loud in its entirety, but there are a couple of gems. So the, the headline for this column is, Friend Finds Pie Add Up to Great Trip. Now, the, the whole premise of this is that Laura Wimsett's friend, this male friend of hers who sounds like a gay man, if I can just say that right now, he, he suggests that they that she and a friend go to Glendale. So she chooses a, a lady friend. For some reason, she doesn't go with the guy who recommended this place. Uh, she, she chooses, she, she talks about how she had to really think about who she was going to take. And they go to Glendale, which is almost 100 miles away from Owensboro. So they take this two-hour trip filled with laughter and tears and storytelling because it's always important to have, as she says, a friend during a road trip who knows how to tell a good story. I love that they cried. I don't know how in two hours you went from laughter to tears, but apparently they are very close. And they, so they get to Glendale and they have this delicious meal. Now, as you'll remember, the, the headline uh, mentioned pie. She talks about pie a lot. She has this meal of fried chicken and mashed potatoes and lima beans. Uh, fair enough. And then they talk about how they're going to go antiquing and then come back to the restaurant for pie. And she says, pie, my favorite dessert. And they had all my favorites, which to choose. I'd have all day to decide. And then at the end of the column, they do go back and they have pie. But she doesn't. I, I like to think that I'm her editor and she doesn't tell us what kind of pie she gets. That is maddening to me. You make this whole big spiel about, oh, they had all my favorites. Which to choose? I'd have all day to decide. Well, god damn it, Laura. Which one did you choose? Did you go with cherry, apple cobbler, watery pumpkin? What, what did you go with? And, and real quick, so they go in. 
speaking, right? And they're looking at Needlepoint and Prince and I don't know what the hell else. And she says, I had found a saddle stand, which is something you ain't gonna find at Walmart. It was priced higher than what I wanted to pay, but I made a respectful offer and it was accepted, so I gleefully loaded up my treasure for the ride home. Days like this are why God made pickup trucks. She drives a pickup truck. I think that's an important detail for our <laughs> records. Write it down, because that to me is incredibly revealing. And then she goes home and she tells her male friend, I loved it. I loved the trip. What a great suggestion. And she says, I told him what I'd bought there, and he responded as I knew he would, acknowledging the coolness of finding a saddle stand. What I didn't tell him, though, was that I really found was what I really found that day. A treasured memory of a pleasant day spent with a dear friend, and that's something you can't measure by time or distance or price. Actually, you can. The price of the meal combined with the price of the pie, the distance you travel to and from, and, and, the, t- and the time it took you to get there. So, yes, Laura, it can be measured. And what the fuck type of pie did you choose? Uh, I feel like I've gone on too long already. Guys, I'm going to let you go. I just wanted to report in. I'm going to keep getting these columns. They're bringing me joy, and I hope that they are bringing you joy as well. All right. Keep up the good work, you dum-dums. <laughs> this woman, no wonder they just give her an article to do whatever the fuck she wants. I love that she's like, what I didn't tell him was that the one thing. I, so you didn't tell him about like all the great things about the trip? You just told him about the stupid sta- saddle stand that you bought? Like a saddle stand? Like a stand for a saddle? I guess. I mean, of course you can't buy that at Walmart because no one rides horses anymore, bitch. Because <laughs> no one needs That's one. That's a niche market. Including you. Yeah. Do you have a farm of horses? I doubt it. This is why God made pickup trucks. God didn't engineer pickup trucks, you bitch. Gods aren't real. God, for the first... Let's get, let's get that out of the way. Superstition out of the way. Ooh. Kisses aren't going to make you win games. Throwing your hands up in victory will. Yes. God didn't make your fucking pickup truck because gods aren't real. Yeah. Deities are something we created. I didn't tell him. We made deities and pickup trucks. I told him, I showed him this, the, the saddle stand, but I didn't tell him about the important things about the troop. You have a terrible marriage. This isn't, yeah. This is not her husband, is it? This is like her male friend. Oh, her male friend. Yeah, like oh, Jonathan assumes is homosexual, which we can assume it is. Right, and there's right, nothing right. wrong with that. So I didn't tell my, I didn't tell my friend about the good things about the trip. I just told him about the one thing I bought. Yeah, you're, you're a shitty friend, Laura. You, like, your friends aren't, ugh. You're a shitty friend. Shitty friend. Tell me about your trip. Oh, it was fun. I got a saddle stand. Cool. Ugh. What else happened? Oh, I can't tell. Laura, you... I can't measure it. Well, I could, but I don't want to. Well, she, she can't even tell him that. Can't? I would tell you, but I can't. Can't even give you directions. Can't even give you a cardinal direction. North. Nope. Too much. Too much, gay friend. Sounds like her gay friend wanted to get rid of her for the weekend. Yeah. Hey, how about we go to that gay club we go to? Fuck, I do not want to take her back. Hey, how about you do this other thing with your other friend? In your truck. In your pickup. In your God-made truck. Oh my God, I got a great idea for you. Worst. You like yeah. pie? Fuck, you know I love pie. What All pie? right. Well, you should go to this little town a hundred miles away from me. Wink. Wink. And go, oh, you like antiquing. Sweet. Now get the fuck out of town so you don't bother anyone. Do you think she had pie? Oh, what if she did? Was she lied about What if it? she went with her by herself there and pie is the friend and it's all like a weird Ooh. kind of like, Ooh. oh, that could, that could be dark and not too outside the realm of actual possibility. That's true. And all of my friends, I mean, my favorites were there. <laughs> Watery pumpkin, which thank you, Jonathan. Yes. Thank you. Blueberry. <laughs> Rhubarb and strawberry. 
I can't wait to hear more from Laura Wimsett and yeah. her terrible life. But the pickup truck thing really doesn't. I, that's interesting. Yeah. Because how many people own a pickup truck outside of the South? Seriously. Well, that is the South. It is. It's Owensboro, Kentucky. It's not. That is the South. Yeah. For some reason, in my mind, Kentucky is Northern Kentucky and Lexington. I forget that Bowling Green exists and all the rest of Kentucky. I mean, that's pretty much just the most Northern areas. True. My bad. I apologize, guys. Yeah, there's other ways to get in contact with us. Again, give us a voicemail, whether you email yes. it or you phone. Um, we would love to hear what you think on the Facebook fucking group. It's the best. It's so fun, guys. Thank you so much for posting in there, for being such a wonderful community of listeners. Yes. Um, we appreciate it. And I, I know you guys are having fun, because I know we are. Definitely. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Ramjack Podcast. Yeah. Tweet at us. Leave us some iTunes reviews. Oh, man. They give us power. Give us... They refuel us. Yes. Look, when the Mountain Dew kickstart, mm. um, when those supplies run low, we just gather that extra bit to push us through to the end of a podcast with those iTunes reviews. Yes, we do. Needless to say, we've been drinking a lot of kickstart recently. Yes. Um, but guys, yes, definitely subscribe to the podcast. you got the latest. Visit our website, curiosityabounds.com slash ramjack. Yes. To, um, yeah, check out things there. Awesome. All the adventures. All the adventures, all the cool tags Brad takes so much time to put in there. Indeed. It's a good time. Guys, uh, Ramjack would also like to formally invite you to a palace in the sky. As soon as we get that $100 billion. Yes, join Brad and myself, Bartendra and Bartendro. Mm-hmm. And, and let's, let's get this thing Yeah,